My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 231, it's WWE versus WSW for July. We've got three nitros and three rules, but before we start, let's do the alternate intro. Hey dudes. What's the matter, Cartman? It's this V-chip. I hate it. I can't say any dirty words. Really? So you can't say fuck? No. And you can't say shit? No. So you can't say, I'm Eric Cartman, the fattest fucking piece of shit in the world. Fuck you! Ah! That's <laughs> sweet. And now, the intro. <clears throat> in 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the Super over Goldberg, it instead pushed over the Hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnesses WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE vs WCW Monday Night War July 1999. In WCW, and last time out was a complete shit show, with Big, Big Sexy battling both the Macho Man and the returning Sid. But WCW were going to try and claw some sense of momentum in the Monday Night War by going with a WCW star we hadn't seen in a while. So let's start off episode 198, July 5th, 1999. the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia. There's an attendance of 25,338 and the commentators are, of course, to Bobby the Brain Heenan. We get an opening recap of last week's events and Savage accidentally taking Tory back instead of George on Thunder. And the announcers do their welcome. And then we get Juventud Guerrero versus Chavo Guerrero. 
Now, there's a Razor logo, presumably for Megadeth's performance later on or some stupid WCW thing. And you can see the entrance is a little bit different as we see uh, Chavo coming out here. Here he comes. <laughs> well, <laughs> unfortunately for Chavo, he didn't see that raised logo, so unfortunately fell over. Uh, but managed to make the best of it and got up and uh, we carry on. <laughs> well, an early juvie dog. <clears throat> well, an an early Hoovy driver attempt sends Chavo bailing as the Ingedef and Brett's appearance for the third time already. Hoovy scores a German suplex for two. Two. A slam looks set up looks to set up the four fifty, but Chavo pops up to crotch him. Something like a set out brainbuster plants Hoovy, but Sid and Savage come in for the DQ. Oh well, that's that's a nice end for a match. <laughs> well the match was fun while it lasted, but Sid and Savage are almost a guarantee to bust up matches like this on Nitro anymore. Chavo is still one of the best cruiserweights without being over the top with his high flying. Hoovy is still starting to be insane and it works well for him when he gets it right. While Sid wearing a well-titled belt powerbombs Hoovy to set up the big elbow, the big man grabs the mic and says they want George back and won't be held responsible for their action. Well, Nash and Tori looking good as she ever has in WCW, which covers a lot of ground, pop up on screen. Kevin wants his belt back and thinks he should just beat up Sid tonight. But he's been worn out this week. They banter a bit in wearing a Nash shirt, asking if she just heard Randy. And then we get some DJ Ran. Well, Gene brings out Ric Flair, who comes out with his son. The boss takes the mic and says that Scott Steiner has been running around the world. It's time we have a new US champion. That new champion will be David Flair. Due to him beating Nash by count out last week. Little Nate comes out with a bunch of women who are all over the new champ. This brings out Buff Bagwell's fall from the ceiling. Short version, Bagwell versus Flair for the title tonight. Well, we wanted them to go with new stars, and it's nice that they're going to give someone like David Flair, who definitely deserves this opportunity, you know. Isn't it really fucking annoying when a child of Flair keeps getting chance after chance after chance? I mean, I'm glad something like that doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah, I know. Well, Scott Steiner's lost the United States Championship, but his brother Rick is still the TV champion, and he faced Vampiro. Next. About beating Van Hammer this coming Sunday, the champ hammers on Vampiro like the mindless brawler he is before hitting a hard German suplex. Vampiro's kicks go nowhere as he gets dropped with a Steiner line. The Steiner Bulldog sets up that weird arm hold Rick has been using to end this quick. Well, up next, Lenny and Lodi come through some doors with Lodi giving Lenny new tights. Lenny isn't sure they'll fit, but Lodi says he knows every inch of him. The doors close to reveal the word closet. You see? Get it? Uh, they're in the closet just for those who do well we get a video on Bret Hart leaving due to Owen passing away and the last shot is of an empty ring um, do you actually want to see any the only fun thing about Bret and his interviews is when he gets tackled by a fan <laughs> yeah I mean he's not been the luckiest professional wrestler in history but obviously it's just a couple of months from the uh, tragedy so this is Bret's first public appearance since the Owen Hart tragedy not bad Bret sold <laughs> Fucking hell. I pointed out. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, well, here's Brett for his first public comments in months. He's been told he has all the time he wants, so he's going to try not to rush. He thanks the wrestling fans on behalf of the entire Hart family for all the well wishes they received. WSW gave him a chance to collect himself, and he appreciates that. Owen wasn't your average wrestler, and he was a great human being. Brett doesn't think there's anyone that, that can say a bad thing about him. They were the closest of all his brothers, and never had a single argument. Well, Eric Bischoff has asked, 
but Brett isn't sure where he wants to go with his life. The Hart family has lived and died for wrestling, and there really isn't much left for him to accomplish. All these great athletes are retiring in 1999, and they all seem so happy. He's afraid that his career will end in tragedy, but he just doesn't know. Brett thanks all his fans everywhere and all of the wrestlers he's worked with over the years, and he hopes he wasn't too stiff. And that's about it. Yeah, and uh, I tell you what about Brett. You know, there's a lot of jokes about him, and of course, how unlucky he is. But I mean, we we talked about kind of wrestling ability with Bret Hart and how great he was. But just, a, a, just, a, a, I, th- I think for me, one of the top guys. You know, with Bret Hart, and I think his legacy is getting stronger every day uh, when it when it comes to him. You know, I, I I really like Brett. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, Brett. I think he was a wrestler that was very ahead of his time. Yeah. You know, if he had have, if we'd have had a fresh Brett debuting a couple of years ago some great matches against some great opponents yeah there's no doubt he's one of the greatest uh, WF champions of all time well backstage Eddie Guerrero comes up to Doug Dillinger and shouts in Spanish after switching to English he says someone has stolen his wallet it was a masked wrestler and then he wants them all lined up so he can pick out the culprit I don't see this ending well no not at all but we get DJ Ran and then we get the cat versus Jerry Flynn well this is a kickboxing match because WCW is a stupid promotion we have a ra- round system with round one consisting of a lot of circling and some light kicks. The fans boo this out of the building as the round ends with nothing to talk about. Well, round two, two. starts with Cat going down to the mat and receiving a warning. Flynn tries a big kick and falls flat on his back because this is a joke. Back up and the Cat hits some kicks to the ribs to knock Jerry down before a big shot to the head results in a DQ for hitting a downed opponent. Seriously, that's the whole thing. Absolutely amazing. Well, I, I think this is something that can uh, definitely rival Brawl. Well, Flynn tackles a cat and they brawl some more. This was one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever had to sit through. But up next, it's Lodi versus Van Hammer. Lodi actually bursts out a Hurricane Rana, only to try again and get dropped on the top rope. A superplex brings Lenny in and the Cobra Clutch Slam, Cobra Clutch Slam ends Lodi. Total squash for the sake of unfunny comedy. Now backstage, Dillinger tries to get all the loot drills together for a show-up, but there are some communication barriers. Cops come in and clear things up, and this is going to continue. Well, Gene brings out Roddy Piper because this show hasn't gone low enough yet. Roddy agrees that rap is crap, but wants to talk to Sting. Here's a clearly fake Sting, who is about an inch taller than Oakland. Piper asks him about working with Savage, but fake Sting shakes his head no. Now, Piper wants to see his real face, but gets another no, earning fake sting and neck breaker, and Piper takes the mask off of the guy's oh, face. God almighty. Well, moving on to Sunday, Piper wants a boxing match against Buff Bagwell. Why a boxing match, you ask? Well, we really don't get a reason for that, but we had a bad kickboxing match earlier, so why not have just bad regular boxing? If that's not enough, JJ Dillon brings in Judge Mills Lane, former TV judge and big-time boxing referee, to referee Sunday's fight in California... In Florida, Lane's words, not mine. I know this sounds stupid, but it's not like Piper's was a match in years anyway, so why not let him do nothing but punch? Well, to cheer us up, we get some Nitro Girls. And then to bring us back down, DJ Ran. Then to bring us back up again, we get Rey Mysterio Jr. and Conan going off against the real man's man, Stephen Regal and Fit Finlay. Yeah, I mean, this is the probably saving grace of Nitro at the moment, having Finlay and Regal teaming up to go against uh, certain teams. And again, Conan Mysterio, one of these teams, are doing quite well at the moment, I think. Absolutely, yeah. This, this match gets broken up by Macho Man <laughs> and Sid Justice because... 
You know, why would you have a good match and not fuck it up? I oh, know. Well, Mysterio and I get the mic. And I kind of got used to him about him and the mask as well, weirdly enough. What? The Call of the Soldier. Which is? Oogaboo! Catchy. <laughs> Isn't it? I can hear all the fans doing it. Oh, there we go. Here the real men. Finley and Regal. Well, Rey Mysterio does look like a little boy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> look, the size of Mysterio. Oh, that went a bit wrong. Well, Mysterio then and Regal. And obviously Regal's come back to the WSW. I think Mysterio went for the Hurricane Runner. Regal just catches him, walks over, tags in Finley and just slams Mysterio down. Oh, my God. And a slingshot into a clothesline by Finley back on the knees of Regal. Jerry Flynn. Dave Taylor. Is that Dave Taylor on it? What, Dave? And we've got, of course, the... Uh, no Limit Soldiers. No Limit Shoulders. So who's... Well, I, I think I'd rather have Dave Taylor in my soldiers, to be fair, even if there is four of them, you know? Absolutely, they are just fucking... What is that one bloke? He's got a fucking balaclava over his head that's khaki-coloured. For me, I think Dave Taylor looks like a guy who makes a nice cup of tea. Absolutely. Well, William <laughs> William Regal does like a nice spot of pee. That, that's true. That is true. And now look at this double team by Finley and Regal. Well, you've got uh, Camel Clutch and... What's it called? Boston. Boston. A Boston Camel Clutch. Irish to Rey Mysterio sends him into the corner. Finley comes charging in, but Mysterio moves out of the way, tags in Conan, and he's on fire, baby. Well, he might be lukewarm as he hits a close on of Finley. And he was over like a year ago. Now they're you know, trying to build it back up now with Conan. Leapfrog. Oh, lovely footwork there. Turns around and gives him an X-Factor. And Irish rips Mysterio into Regal, who gives him the Bronco Buster. As Conan works over Finley in the opposite corner. Rey Mysterio does actually look like a small carbon copy of Conan at the moment. Yeah, he really does. Oh, no. Well, the West Texas Rednecks have come out. And again, after the No Limit Soldiers and the war's on again. What the fuck was he doing trying oh, to get no. into the ring? It's Master P's in trouble. When there's just too many of them now. And this match didn't last long. And they've uh, Mysterio, Conan, the No Limit Soldiers beaten down. I mean, you know, it's just a shame that they just didn't, you know, give us a good match. Because they were building quite a good uh, tag team division, you know, in, in WCW. But that's a shame. At least, hopefully, that's it, at least it can prove. Well, we can't get any worse yeah. than run-ins. And I mean, well, for all the bad things that WCW did in 99, they actually built up a nice tag division, as you were saying. Um, but we we go from that to something that can't be topped and peaked. It is the US title, and it's David Flair versus Buff Bagwell. Well, David is defended in an angle that actually kind of works. Yeah, he in a, he's over in fuck me. David is defending an angle that actually kind of works. Yeah, he's in over his head, but WSW acknowledging that he's in over his head makes this a lot easier to sit through. Well, we get a blockbuster buff covers, but Charles Robinson's arm gives out. There's a figure four on David, but Rick and Arn come in. Buff beats them up too and puts the hold back on, while a small packaging Rick at the same time. Dean Malenko and Asia come in as well, and this whole thing is a mess. Roddy runs out and nails Buff with something to give David the pin. It's a total mess, but you had to expect that. Now it's time for Eddie to interrogate the luchadors. We have the Parker, Cyclope, Psychosis, Villano 4, a guy I don't recognise, and Blitzkrieg. Everyone has to take the mask off, but the Parker and Cyclops face scare Eddie. He thinks Psychosis is a good-looking guy. The guy I didn't recognise is actually Cheetah Kid, and apparently he's Prince Ikea under the mask. 
Blitzkid isn't Hispanic and no one is happy with him. I'm assuming we'll get more on this later. Well, the TV feed messes up and we have Hack and Chastity on a ladder. Hack was born in 1963 and started choking his doctor. He's had to fight all his life and now he knows how to do it. Now he's in WCW to get paid to fight. Hack lists off all the men he's hurt and thinks there should be a Junkyard Hardcore Invitational on Sunday because we can't have hardcore matches in the arena anymore. Oh my God. I'll tell you something, Bash at the Beach 99 was one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. The Rednecks come out and ask how many people here are good old boys, Rednecks, and people that just hate rap. They play the song and, and that's it. Well, we get a video on Survivor. And then we get the Jersey Triad versus Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn. Well, Benoit actually climbs up Bigelow into a sunset flip and avoids the big sit-down splash. A double tag brings in Saturn and Canyon with Perry cleaning house as everything breaks down. Malenko tombstones Canyon and avoids Bigelow's top rope headbutt, setting up a top rope Saturn splash to Bigelow, followed by the swan dive for the pin. Well, they didn't have a ton of time, but you knew these guys were going to have a good match. Seconds. They had to give the small guys win to set up the tag team title match on Sunday, even though I don't think Malenko is anything for the pay-per-view. Well, and now, Megadeth performs Crush'em live. And after five minutes of barely understandable lyrics, the band is booed out of the arena. The lights go out and Goldberg's voice says, I'm back. We see his silhouette go to a commercial and I'll give Megadeth's performance this, though. It was making contact, unlike Barry Windham earlier. And then our main event, what everybody's been waiting for, is the world title on the line and it's Sid versus Kevin Nash. Well, Nash is defending, of course, but Sid has the belt. And before the bell, Nash tells Savage to get rid of the girls if he ever wants to see Gorgeous George again. So it's Nash versus Sid for that in-your-house main event the world was waiting for. Uh, guys, face-to-face, and Nash not messing around. And here comes Sid, collar and elbow tie up. And you've got to wonder who's stronger at least two. You might have to give Sid that. Kevin Nash, of course, took on eight people in the main event last week and came out looking good. So Sid should be no trouble for him at all. And Macho's more concerned about Gorgeous George as Nash just rocking Sid in the corner. As he lines him up, huge elbow to the side of the head. As the Irish rips in from corner to corner and follows it up with a big clothesline. And Irish rips him back for another clothesline. I think it was either the first in your house and these two guys, Sid held a sleeper on for at least 10 minutes. At least 12 minutes. But... This is a match that they're going to let go on for ages and no no one's going to come out and interfere, which is such a fucking annoyance. Well, Sid closed on to the outside and... Oh, look, Macho's in yes. the ring. You got your interference. The referee's not calling it, though. Right, and Nash fighting off oh, two men. Savage isn't actually hitting Nash yet. Nash easily dispatching of Sid and now he's telling, the referee's telling him to get rid of Macho. Savage gets clotheslined into the corner by Nash and another Irish whip. As Savage pulls the referee in front of him as Nash was coming charging in. Now the referee's out. Sidewalk Sam for Savage as delivers a big boat. And Sid's got Nash down. Someone's coming in as all the fans have stood up. Low blow from Nash to Sid. Sting's here. Is it the real one? Well, we saw Sting earlier. And he's attacking Nash. Has Sting joined the dark side? Well, these three men beating down Nash. Well, Sting's going to be teaming up with Kevin Nash at Bash to the Beach. And now Macho's got a title belt. Hits Nash out the side of the head with it. Well, wait a minute, who's coming running out now? And is this the real Sting? There's rubbish getting thrown in. As the new Sting now dispatches to Sid outside. 
Is this the whole Doink the Clown and the old twin image thing again? Oh, fans trying to get in. And Fake Sting tries to hit Real Sting, but Real Sting blocks it and kicks Fake Sting out of the ring. And just shit being thrown in. And that's the Real Sting. And what a confusing idea. Oh, no, Nash. Grabs hold of Real Sting, thinking it's Fake Sting or the Fake Sting's the Real Sting that screwed him over. And he jackknifes him. He's got his world title back. Look at all the sh- fucking shit coming in that ring. That is WCW to 1999. What a fucking waste. And Nash grabs a mic. Well, Nash saying to Savage that his girl's in his dressing room. Well, what? He's tore her a new V-hole. Now, here comes Savage. What a fucking mess. Absolutely. It's just so kind of like unprofessional. The production values are awful. They've given up. Mega death tonight. Well, they knew something was going to happen backstage, but yet they don't have cameras mm. back there. Well, there's real Sting walking to the back. Or is that fake Sting with his coat off? We can see why Nash got confused. Well, all Nash sees is him getting attacked by Sting. And, you know, you see a Sting attacks you, you're going to attack the Sting back, but it's not the right Sting. And there's going to be more problems come Sunday. And there's Macho. Well, good job it's not Sting from the police. And now he's on the run. Tori's smiling. She gets a slap from Savage, who's absolutely livid. As he rips Nash's t-shirt off of her. Um, now from this scene here. It does actually look like Savage is actually a wife beater. Yeah. It really does. Look. Let's just go over the evidence again. He gets in George's face. Demands to know if he touched her. Savage turns to Tori and smacks her in the face. A screaming Tori points out that George is wearing a Nash shirt. So Savage rips it in the hallway. George saying why are you doing this. So the camera cuts off really fast. To end the show. It's. It really is quite disturbing that WWE thought that was entertainment at that point. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it is... <laughs> and especially, you know, what we've heard from Savage as well since then. Yeah. It is It is a bit of a weird one, but... You know, and it even makes you think about Miss Elizabeth back in the day, and we knew Savage was really protective of her. That's what they're trying to bring into it, but I just think it's a, a point too far, really, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, like I said, Bash of the Beach was one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. But we're past Bash of the Beach, and the woman beater is world champion in a match that totally ignored the whole Sting can pin Nash rule. Randy Savage, pin, Randy Savage pinned Nash with the help of Gorgeous George, who turned on Savage and Nash in the span of about 10 to win the world title. And as you say, Bash at the Beach was one of the worst shows I think has ever been. So here's the card. It was a single match that started us off. It was a cat defeating Disco Inferno. We get a WCW World Television title match. Rick Steiner defeated Van Hammer to retain. WCW United States title match. David Flair with Arn Anderson, Asia, Charles Robinson, Rick Flair and Tory Wilson defeating Dean Malenko. So Tory Wilson's not with now. He walked out with him. Yeah. So was she only interested in his title? Might have been, but now Davey's got one. That's all that matters. Absolutely, yeah. Well, we get an elimination eight-man tag team match. The No Limit Soldiers, B.A., Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Swell with 4x4 and Chase. Honest to God, they are real fucking names. They defeated the West Texas Rednecks, who are Barry Windham, Bobby Duncan Jr., Kurt Henning, and Kendall Windham. Yeah, Swell eliminates Bobby Duncan. Kurt Henning eliminates B.A., not Baracus. Conan eliminates Kendall Windham. Barry Windham and Conan Warden. <laughs> Barry Windham and Conan get double eliminated by each other. Rey Mysterio eliminates Kurt Henning. And the survivors are Rey Mysterio Jr. and Swole. So the Hardcore Trophy Junkyard Invitational match. 
Fit Finley defeated Brian Nobbs. And Cyclop. Dave Taylor. And Hack. Horace Hogan. Humorous. Jerry Flynn. Johnny Grunge. La Parker. Mikey Whipwreck. Rocco Rock. Silver King. And of course, Stephen Regal. Well, that's, that's something that's... Uh, that trophy is going to be something that sticks around, isn't it? Honestly, it's one of the worst matches. Like I say, awful, awful card. WCW World Tag Team title, three on two handicap match. The Triad, Bam Bam Bigelow, DDP and Canyon defeat Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn. In our boxing match with special referee Mills Lane, Buff Bagwell defeat... Tag Team match? Yes, honest to fucking God. Randy Savage and Sid Vicious with Gorgeous George, Medusa and Miss Madness defeat Kevin Nash and Sting. Obviously, there's a title change, and Randy Savage gets a title for some strange reason in the tag team match. All right, so let's move on. Episode 199, July 12th, 1999. We're in Jacksonville Coliseum, Jacksonville, Florida. There's an attendance of 7,945, and your commentators are, as always, Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. We get a video on Bret Hart's speech last week and Goldberg returning. I wouldn't, show, show, I wouldn't say the highlights from last week's either. Well, Gene brings out the new champion to open the show. Savage actually comes out alone for once. He talks about how some set was right in front of him. Gene asks about Sid and the girls, but Savage says he's a self-made man and had to do this himself in a tag team. The fans want Goldberg as Savage issues an open challenge to anyone but Kevin Nash. Well, with the fans clearly making their choice... Here's Hollywood Hogan, and you can see it coming from here. Hogan wants to take him up on the challenge, but Savage says Hogan is in the same category as Nash. Somehow, Hogan, as a Savage, finally agrees. Yes, indeed, Dan. The person we thought was going to start pushing towards the, the new future was, in fact, not Goldberg, but Hogan. Absolutely. fucking lately And you did say last week that... You were missing Hogan, so now we're going to have a chance for him to come back into our main event. Well, we do get a video on Savage. And then we get Nitro Girls. And rap video. And then it's Vampiro versus Conan. Well, Conan gets jumped during his catchphrases and Vampiro kicks him down with ease. Heenan actually gives us some backstory explaining these two hated each other down in Mexico. Granted, he doesn't say why, but that's more than you usually get. Vampiro stomps away as Tony keeps hyping up Hogan versus Savage. Okay, to be fair, that's actually a big deal. Ten years ago. Well, Conan avoids a top rope flip the rolling lariat. A powerbomb gets two. Two. On Vampiro and a DDT gets the same. The X-Factor plants Vampiro and they head outside so Vampiro can pelt a chair at Van... So Vampiro can pelt a chair at Vampiro. So Vampiro can pelt a chair at Conan for the DQ. And Tony, of course, thinks it's a double count-out. Well, Vampiro plants him again with a nail in the coffin. Mishinoki driver post-match. But we get some Nitro Girls. And then we get Dean Malenko versus Ric Flair. Well, Bischoff comes out for commentary. So Rick was too injured to wrestle last night, but can wrestle tonight. Well, that's rather convenient. Dean has Benoit and Saturn with him as Bischoff compares David Flair to Eric Watts. Rick orders Benoit and Saturn ejected. And we're ready to go with Dean erupting with right hands and clotheslines. Rick's chop. Bischoff actually says Nash was ripped off last night. Malenko shoves Little Nature away and whips Rick over the corner and out to the floor. Well, there's a sleeper from Rick, but Dean rams him into Robinson. Enough referee comes in as Flair hooks the figure four. Malenko turns it over, but Asia kicks the referee. Robinson gets up and gives it to Flair via submission, even though Dean's music's playing. 
Well, there's more angle than a match here as the disappointment in the old versus new is not really a feud anymore. So we'll the old guys beating up the new guys out of paranoia and short-sighted thinking. Continue. Flair is one of the few guys willing to put someone over, but this nonsense continues. At least the action wasn't shit. Well, Sting comes out to save Dean and says Flair's been holding people down for 10 years, even though Space Mountain is on Vagra. Now, Sting is going to take up the fight for WCW and wants a match with Flair for control of the company. Rick says Sting has to be what he wants, which Sting is, of course, fine with. So, to recap, everything in the last few weeks of Bagwell, Malenko, Benoit and Saturn have been used to set up Sting versus Flair to continue a feud that's lasted 12 years. Such is life. Well, we get stills from the Junkyard match. And it's Steve Regal versus Billy Kidman. Yeah, I mean, like I say, the only thing I'm enjoying at the moment is the amount of their Regal matches that we're getting to watch. Kidman, this, this clash of styles should be really good as well. Let's hope it ends in disappointment and interference. Uh, you got to love Regal's facials. They're so upset with the fans. Absolutely. It's like a smell of shit underneath. Call an elbow type to start and Regal just grabs the arm. Billy Kidman manages to reverse it though. But Regal too wise for that and rolls through. Grabs hold of the top rope, forcing a break. Just beautiful by Regal, just getting control. Using the back of the leg of the pressure points. Irish whip now. But Kidman using his speed there. Nice hurricane run and a couple of drop kicks. You can see kind of shades of uh, Pete Dunne in William Regal, can't you? Without a doubt. It's just the whole kind of... Uh, it's just such a good work. Everything Regal does. It's just crisp. It's on point and it's the kind of British style, like you said, the the... the not just joint manipulation, but just the kind of control that he has. Yeah, and you know, there's certain little things like stepping on the back of the knee to take him down mm. to to the canvas and that, you know, just, as you say, the arm ringers and, you know, even the way that he takes a move as well. Mm. Without doubt, you know, and with Regal as well, I even like it when he, he goes to like the pin and he always has a forearm across the nose as well because he knows yeah. that's kind of extra impact. And Kidman trying to get hold of the side headlock. Regal pushing him off, but losing out in a shoulder bars to a cruiserweight. This is the thing with Kidman, you know, he was going quite hot last year, and they've just not really done a lot with him recently. He was teaming up with Mysterio, and that was quite fun, and then Mysterio went with Conan, and now the cruiserweight, you know. Who is cruiserweight champion? At this moment in time, Mysterio, I think, but he's not been with a cruiserweight title belt. Oh my God, and Kidman sent to the outside. Hard landing on those mats. And how thin are those mats, Dan? Those mats are just mere millimetres thick. Uh, and, you know, it's over pure concrete. It's not a soft landing at all as uh, Finley and Dave Taylor work over Billy Kidman while Regal distracted the mullet-toting referee. And Regal now... I don't know what he's doing, but I love it. Well, he's getting heat from the fans. You know, just the way he's strutting about in the ring. Absolutely perfect. Double underhook <laughs> suplex, lovely. He goes to the pin, but Kidman managing to kick. Oh, it's called a butterfly suplex. And now he's got submission in. Well, it's a variation of the regal stretch. He's just trying to wear Kidman down. As we go to an ab break. And look at this now. Bow and arrow. Kidman caught with it. Regal shown. But the referee, he's concentrating on Kidman at the moment. Now takes him down. All right. Regal takes Kidman down now. That's why you're not a referee. Big knees by Regal and a huge uppercut sending him down. Upper what? And it's good to see that the three heels are wearing singlets. And it's a nice British connection as well. Absolutely. But he didn't make more of it, and this is a problem with WCW. Now Regal, got older Kidman. Regal with a cross-face stretch in there, and you can just see the way he's wrenching his uh, Kidman's head round, and just look across his face, causing extra pain. Well, it's just everything good about Regal. You can see the knee in the lower back of Kidman, obviously keeping him down. The way he looks like he's talking trash. 
to the, the guys that, you know, the referee, the guys at ringside, who's probably just going through the match, just such a professional as well. Yeah. No, just going low on Kidman. And again, he's, you know, he's not your typical built wrestler as well. You know, he's Fucking he's got hell. a bit of timber on him. Yeah, yeah. As, as Kidman just got slingshotted right into the mat. He's actually a combination of Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, and Trent Seven. Well, Regal now is going to go for the powerbomb, but no, Kidman. Hits him with a X-Factor. Brilliant counter from the move. Kidman looking for a sunset flip just to get Regal down, but Regal rolls through cover of his own. Kidman goes over and sits onto Regal, and neither man getting a count. Small package from Kidman, but Regal managing to kick out. Oh. Now Kidman leaping on the shoulders of Regal there, rolling through, but only getting a two. Two. Hurricane Rana goes for another cover, and again, a kick out from Regal. Oh. And those are beautiful drop kicks by Billy Kidman. Right on the button there, three times. Three. And now working Regal over, Irish trip reversed. Kidman in the corner, Regal comes towards him, but Billy with a foot up. We had to have a ref bump, didn't we? Randy Anderson, one of the greatest referees' names of all time, is out. These three guys, Dave Taylor's punching away as Regal holds him. Finney with the chair, but accidentally hits Regal. As Kidman fights out, throws Taylor into Finley. He goes out of the ring. Kidman drags Regal into the corner, setting him up for the 450, perhaps. Shooting star pat, perhaps. Oh, my fucking God. And that's what happens when you don't do it right. Jesus fucking Christ. And even Bischoff's coming in and checking on him. Okay. <laughs> well, Kidman then with a small cradle, with a cradle. Bischoff came in and counted. It's doing the right thing. Pushes Dave Taylor and Finley over as they put their jukes up ready for a fight, but Bischoff just dismisses them and sends them out. One well, of the most fucked up shooting star press of all time. Bischoff's come out here and what was quite a good match, he's just been given quite a naff finish. Absolutely. But again, you know, the fight, what happened, Regal was a, a consummate professional and still, you know, tried carrying on and adapting to overcome what had happened, getting rolled up for a small package in all the melee. <clears throat> No, it's just Finley and Regal arguing with Bischoff, along with Taylor. Are you sure that little man's all right? He's took quite a tumble coming off that top I'm probably not going to show Regal. All right, well, after this, we get Nitro Girls. Yay, and it is James. Hold on to your fucking britches. It is Sid Vicious versus Kenny Chaos. Well, Bischoff hypes up the future appearance by the same clown posse, Dennis Rodman and Kiss. You know, because Megadeth did so well. Absolutely. The match is exactly what you would expect. Big offense, a camel cobra clutch, the choke sound powerbomb for the pin in less than two minutes. And post-match, Sid wants Sting. More Nitro Girls. And then we see Sting and Flair's talk from earlier. And then it's Sting versus David Flair. It is non-title, by the way. The Stinger splash hit in about four seconds. And the death lock goes on, but Robinson won't even look at David. Sting doesn't care and beats up everyone in sight with Rick shots having no effect whatsoever. Rick hides behind Asia in the corner, but she takes a splash of her own and no match for all intents and purposes. We then get a recap of Hogan and Savage. And Gene brings out Finley for the presentation of the Hardcore Championship trophy that happened in the junkyard. Finley puts over Northern Ireland and insults America until almost everyone from the junkyard match runs out for a big brawl and Jimmy Hart steals a trophy. Well, they screw up the steal package by showing a bad tag team match for showing the actually good one. 
And it is Booker T versus DDP. Well, the diamond cutter is blocked, but the referee gets bumped. Hey! Allowing the triad to come back out for a beatdown. A flat liner from Canyon gets two. Two! So he tries powder, only to have it knocked back in his own face. Not that it matters, as Bigelow comes in for the DQ. Well, post-match, the triad takes Booker T in the corner for a beating. We cut to the back to see NWO making fun of Booker causing Stevie Ray to grab a chair and run out for the save. And as annoying as a Harlem Heat reunion would be, it's better than nothing and that stupid fucking NWO lot. Exactly, and now it's our main event. The WWE World title is on the line. It's Hollywood Hogan versus Randy Savage. So, not Goldberg. Not our guy Goldberg, who we thought maybe would be involved, but they've gone to Hogan again. The ratings have gone down. Hogan's been away for, since, you know, he was going to go be president. And he's come back and said, I've got a, I've got a way to fix this, brother. I've got to save this company. Stick me in the main event. It's, it's down to me. And we're seeing Savage. He's only been champion for 24 hours. Going against Hogan here. And Hogan's still representing the NWO black and white. That just doesn't make any sense, does it? Even though there's no affiliation with the NWO black and white. Even the Wolf Pack's not really doing anything. Oh, Kevin Nash is the only guy. Kevin I know. Nash is the Wolf Pack. <laughs> yeah. And you got Stevie Ray, Vincent, and Horace of the NWO Black and White, and Hogan comes out representing the NWR. But it's even like Tori Wilson being with Nash and Savage, and now she's back with David Flair, and now the three are in Savage's corner. I know Gorgeous George helped him out last night, but where were Medusa and Miss Madness when all this thing was going on a couple of weeks ago? Inconsistent storytelling, that is, James. Well, and it's just. Do we really want to see a Macho Man versus Hogan match? We've seen it so many times over the years. I want to see the Hogan back rake. And now Macho is going to try and send Hogan into the turnbuckle for a Hosina style fight back. But Savage has had enough after two shots to the head and goes outside to uh, consort with his um, women folk. Oh, and now here's Medusa for Miss Madness. And Hogan's got hold of both women. Is he going to have a meeting of the minds? Bang! Head first into each other. Is there not one wrestler that doesn't hit? With? Just I'm just asking, just just as a a casual bystander. But Hogan got a huge cheer for that. We've seen so four the fans women. are encouraging men hitting women. Yeah, we've seen four women getting but beaten look, up. But these two women have been sent head first into each other. Yet they've completely no sold it, and they're fighting with each other. Those women, isn't it? I think they might be on their period. Oh my god, Medusa! And this is how they treated women. 20 years ago. Cat fight. Someone's got to shout that in a minute. Security's down. See, Jerry the King Lawler would be going crazy at this. He would. Well, I'll tell you something, though. Credit to Miss Madness, because she's not backing down. Oh, you might see a Molly go round. You say Medusa's... They Medusa's on fire. She's blaze. Savage. Savage going outside trying to sort this out. He's got a problem with the uh, Savage family. So, just going back to George and Nash... If George willingly went back with Savage, and if something had happened with George and Nash, would it be constituted as rape? It might be, but I don't know if George and Nash actually did say it, or Nash did that just to get underneath the skin yes! of the macho man. Yes! We've seen a Hogan back rake. My life is complete. Yeah, we just don't know. This is the thing, like... I think maybe Nash was just trying to play Savage and uh, through that he'd lost his world title. And now he seems to have gone back in, you know, back the line again because you've got vision. Of course, let's not forget about Sid. So Hogan's using his heel manoeuvres, but Savage is the actual heel. So who is the heel in this match? 
Savage is a heel. Hogan had been using his heel moves for fucking years. Even when he was the babyface towards the back end of it, he just started doing it. So, uh, the problem with Hogan, he only knows 15 moves, doesn't he? You know, so, like I said, you've got to go with the old tradition. Punch, back rake, bite to the head, choke. This is another thing WSW got absolutely wrong with the fact of defining heels and faces with the moveset that they actually do as well. But it's Hogan. He can do what he wants. He's the saviour of this company. If he wasn't around, WSW would never be the success they were in 98. Right, that's what Hogan says. Hogan wasn't around. I think WCW would have been more of us because it would have forced them to push people that was otherwise unhappy. But WCW were, in fact, just going to push the the older guys. And like I said, Hogan's been away, and they gave us Savage and Sid as contenders for Nash. You know, it's, I think even about faith, I think WCW might have never ever given those people a chance. I think there's a, you know, what I mean, when we say. This is what you should do. If it wasn't there, it might be Piper in the main event. You know, Flair again. You know, this this kind of thing. We've seen Sting versus Flair repeated, aren't we? You know? But which Flair? Well, let's hope Rick. As opposed to David. Now the chair's in play. The referee's letting this go. Unprotected chair shot to the head. As Hogan, two sweets, members of the audience. And then after the chair shot, the chop to the chest. Hogan bouncing Savage's head off the announce table. To Bischoff's delight. As he's still sat there on commentary, trash-talking Savage as Hogan chokes him out with a cable. Bischoff's just a shoot the fucking Hogan. He's sitting there with a boner thinking, yeah, this is what's going to mend me back. Hogan is money. I think Hogan's kind of brainwashed Bischoff into thinking that Hogan is the saviour. Mm. Right. Oh, famously, I think Bischoff went in the back one day in front of the entire roster and said, the only like, two people that ever made money were like Hogan and Piper. And he said that in front of Ric Flair. And that's where the kind of problem came from when Flair wasn't around for something. You just think that Bischoff, yeah, completely drinking the Kool-Aid of the Hulkster. And now he's got the belt on the one round his waist. Oh, as Savage throws his woman in front of Hogan... To kind of save himself, we nearly see a raspberry ripple pop out of uh, the top of Gorgeous George. And now it's Savage's turn to throw Hogan over the announce table and beat him with a chair. So is this a Hogan and Savage rules match then? Yeah, and it <laughs> means they could do anything. Now Savage whipping Hogan with his own belt. I'd like to see Hogan get the belt back off Savage, whip him a couple of times with it and then put it back on. So Hogan was down, Savage whipped him with the belt, he popped up to his feet. Stumbled against the ropes and fell back down again. They just hit the same moves on each other. That, yeah. uh, every Hogan match is the same, isn't it? You know, like, whatever he's just done, you know, stable, bell, chair. Right, Macho, you do that again. Eric Bischoff saying that the fans are chanting Hogan's name, but oh, I don't think they are. Not many. They are on their feet, though, so. Are they chanting bullshit or horrible or Goldberg? Don't think if they chant horrible, they might think they're hearing Horace and bring him out. Yes. And now Macho just continued beating down Hogan. But Savage has got his own belt. Why doesn't he use that one? So can I just get this right? Savage was choking Hogan with a belt, a foreign object, yet the referee was counting up to five for a chokehold, even That's though he was using an illegal weapon after Savage had hit Hogan multiple times with a chair and vice versa. Yet the referee draws the line at holding a chokehold on with an illegal weapon. For more than five seconds. And that is WSW officiating 101 there. It's all right. You can whip him as much as you want, Savage. Just don't choke him for more than five seconds, mate. Just, just bang out of order. Don't forget, though, Savage is crazy, man. So, like, 
You know, don't take the belt off him, otherwise he'll do something crazy, like get covered in shit again or something like that. He'll go out and just punch gorgeous George in the face. Yeah, well, you got to keep Savage happy, otherwise he will hit a woman. There is no reaction from the fans whatsoever. Yeah, well, for the past five minutes, Savage has been whipping Hogan, who was lying strewn across the floor, but for somehow has managed to fight his way back up to a vertical base and gets low blowed. That's it, Savage. Carry on flogging that dead horse. And both men look like they've been in like an hour war with how much perspiration coming off them right now. Savage finally goes for a cover, but Hogan quickly kicks out. Uh-huh. Go on, Savage. Hit him a few more times with that belt. You haven't done it enough. Oh, my God, Savage. You really need to... Yeah, just Lay off the coke? Just get a towel or something. I mean, my God. And people think 20 years ago was better fucking wrestling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're fucking idiots. Even, even Raw is like just short shit matches. I don't think people realise how lucky they are nowadays. Yeah, but they're still not happy. The only thing better back then was the story in some perspective. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even looking at that and dissecting them all. Well, hopefully now Savage is going to end this. Well, Hogan is lying limp. Savage with a kick and a scoop slam. As he's set to go up top and finish him off with a big macho man elbow drop. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hit him like a... Oh, my God. Hogan in serious trouble. His return is going to end from a dream to a nightmare. No. Hogan moves. Is this the Hogan comeback? Hulk up, my son. Hulk up. He's getting to his feet. And he's hulking up. He's hulking. Savage is backing off. You. You. Uh, 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 uh. Blocking Savage's shot. Hitting three huge rights of his own. Irish whip. Big boot. Clap your hands. Hear the fans. Bounce the ropes. Leg drop. Oh, Sid's in in. Sid's in. Referee's not called for the bell yet, but he's here. And George just gave Macho Man a chain. So Sid just took five minutes to punch Hogan in the face once and load him up for the powerbomb. And this is going to be the end of Hogan now. No, Sting's here to save Hogan. And to help WSW out any way possible. But Hogan's NWO. He fought Flair earlier. Yeah, but maybe Hogan's there for the greater good now. It's better than Macho Man being champion, surely. Don't call me Shirley. But Macho Man with that chain-loaded fist behind the referee's back because, you know, obviously punching someone in the head with a chain is against the rules after you've beaten them with a chair. Oh, here we go. And whipped them with a belt. One. And is that the ref? Macho thinks he's won. No. Nash. Powerbomb on Savage. And jackknife and Nash getting out of it. Hogan going for the cover. Hogan crawls across the referee's back in one, two, three, and your new WCW champion, Hogan. Oh my god. The saviour is back. Well, if there's one thing I wanted from the past few months, it was Hogan coming back. And saving WCW. And I have no doubt in my mind that WCW will be fine now that Hogan is champion again. I mean, what do you think of the match? Shit. It was literally punching, whipping. The the, the officiating just didn't make any sense whatsoever. I mean, at which point did it turn into an anything goes match? Oh, now Nash getting the microphone. Welcomes Hogan back. Thank you, brother. I wouldn't say it's twice I've handed you that world title. You've forgotten it. 
bode well. Nash is horrible on the microphone there. He... Absolutely. Okay, let me tell you something. Let me tell you... No, let me tell you something. I want a world title shot. You can make it for me. <laughs> Hogan's like... It's going to be my way. <laughs> not... Just tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Brother. And Hogan's like, okay, brother. But, but they're both representing NWO. Yeah, the NWO is still as strong uh, with the WSW title now with uh, Hollywood Hogan. Nitro is saved. So with WSW saved, we move on to episode 200 of Nitro, and it's July 19th, 1999. We're at the Metro Centre in Rockford, Illinois. We've got an attendance of 7,558. And as always, your commentator is Bobby Heenan, but we've got Scott Hudson instead of Tony Schiavone. Well, we're inching closer to Road Wild, and we have a main event of world champion Hollywood Hogan defending against Kevin Nash, who will make a hill now. The main story for tonight, though, is Sting facing Ric Flair for control of the company, which is a more interesting match, as I really don't remember where the stories go. Let's get to it. So it is episode 200 of Nitro, so they should be doing something special, but mm-hmm. no, they're not. No. We get a quick recap from last week and the opening sequence. And here's Sid for an intellectual chat. He can, he can feel the same thing the fans feel in his blood, and he wants Hogan's world title. We get the usual catchphrases at our main event. And we get some Nitro Girls. And then we get Jerry Flynn versus Fit Finley. But before the match, Jimmy Hart pops up on screen to challenge Finley for Road Wild, giving him a chance to get the trophy back. Well, Flynn comes back with his usual jobber offence and chokes against the ropes. He avoids a charging Finley, but walks into the rolling fireman's carry. Not that it matters, though, as Finley leaves to go after Hart, only to get jumped by the first family, including Finn, and I'm assuming it's a no contest. Well, this is the match that's supposed to get people to stick to, with the show. Seriously, this is the best they can come up with when you have Road Dog, Bob Holly and Al Snow doing actually entertaining hardcore stuff. At least try to counter with actual hardcore stuff instead of two guys having a bad match. It might actually work. Okay, not that likely, but it could. Exactly. Well, JJ Dillon is back with Lenny and Lodi. Their contracts have been renewed, but something went wrong. Apparently, they're really brothers and should have been as such. And this story just reached a new level of creepy and stupid, which I didn't think was possible. So, Lenny and Lodi, the two guys that have kind of been touching in a homosexual relationship, are brothers. Yes. So, we've got an incest angle. The incest angle that Vince McMahon actually wouldn't go anywhere near when it was Shane and Stephanie. Well, Vince wanted to go, but Shane and Stephanie didn't. Oh, right. So, I mean, <laughs> there, there it is back again, just in really poor taste. Oh, brother. <laughs> well, Hogan comes out, says he's going back to his old ways of listening to the fans and accepts Sid's challenge. And somehow this took five fucking minutes. We get a video on Flair versus Sting. And we get Norman Smiley versus Lodi. Well, Lenny and Lodi hug before we get going. Smiley sends him into the barricade to keep Lodi in trouble, though. And now it's time for the big wiggle. Well, Lenny seems to like the idea and does it too, allowing Lodi to get a chip. The Norman's conquest goes on and Norman rolls Lodi up for the fast pin. And then the brothers try the big wiggle post-match. And we get DJ Ran. And then Eric Bischoff jumps in the commentary. Yay! We get a video hyping Sting versus Flair. Basically, Sting says Flair is corrupt. He is. And now Sting wants a match for control of the company. So here we go. It is Sting versus Ric Flair. Who will have control of WCW? If Leach is refereeing this match, 
there is no possible chance for Sting to win. Yeah, we will check out the colour of Ric Flair's trunks as well. If he comes out here with Asia and Arn Anderson, I think Arn Anderson's the one just behind Flair. Oh, no, wait. Um, <laughs> and it is, yes, Charles is in charge of this match. And look at that, little Nate holding the ropes open. For his biological father. <laughs> so brothers earlier, now we've got a father and son here. It's lovely to see. And Sting's just been involved in so much recently, and now it's for control. But he's probably one of the only, like I said, talk about Regal's a shining light. Sting, the only one of the few guys. And of course, with Goldberg's return as well. Oh, Flair is wearing red trunks, which means he's going to lose this match. Wow. As Charles goes up to Sting and says, look, I want a nice, clean, fair fight. Don't help with that too. Sting is getting ready for action. And Charles Robs is actually giving him some attitude. Laying down the law as Sting's pretty much not listening to him. Oh, no. Boom. Scorpion death drop on little Nate. Well, that's not fair to Flair. It's Wu versus Wu. Who would Wu? Would you Wu? Well, no, Wu. I think I'll take a Flair Wu over a Sting Wu and looks like Robinson. <laughs> is picked up by the back of his trousers and dispatched by Sting. And now we have a, a referee that's non-biased. And I think Flair realises he's just gone down the wrong road. He's got nowhere to go. Tries begging off, but Sting's having none of it. Irish whips Flair. Powers him up. Slams Flair down. <laughs> and a delayed Flair bump there from Rick. Flair is such a fucking idiot. It's weird because I, I know I weren't brought up with Flair, but to try to have him... Imagine him as serious, do you know what I mean? Just everything he does. And the rate to the eye and the chop. And Sting just completely no-selling it. Irish whip. And again, powers Flair up and slams him down. A ten punches to Rick Flair in the corner. Doesn't even give him a chance to Flair bump. He just throws him down. And then follows it up with a drop kick. And Flair is in all sorts of trouble at the moment. I think Sting realises. Hits the classic Flair low blow. I mean, why would anyone fall for that? <laughs> What's the thing? Sting has probably wrestled a thousand times. And just like that, Flair takes control. Who would you rather, Asia or China? Have we covered this one yet? We have covered this. I think China was my pick. What about you? Um, I think I'll go for Arn Anderson. Uh... I'd say I'd team up with China. Asia is looking on from ringside with Arn Anderson. Of course, the enforcer of the horseman and Arn Anderson watching on. Oh, well, Ric Flair thought he was getting up there with uh, Irish whip, but Sting bounces out, clotheslines Flair, but somehow comes off worse. And now Flair on the apron is going to try and maybe suplex Sting. To the outside. But Sting counters it, fights back, and suplexes Flair back inside. But Flair somehow recovers. <laughs> Flair is just fighting out. He's just scared. Begging off. Irish whip. Flair tumbles over the ring ropes in style and gets clotheslined down to the mats as, an, as Arn Anderson tries to offer some support. And what I love about WCW, you know, this is the kind of the new way they're going to go now. And of course, they've got Flair versus face each other over a decade ago in WCW with the exact kind of same match that we're seeing right now. And of course, Hogan as well champion, who at this time had, had first won the title 15 years previously. Flair's getting back into this now and he's just hung Sting up over the top rope and starts strutting and uh, posing off. But sells it and then poses in Rick's face, who's begging off for the 15th time this match. Sting places him on the top turnbuckle, looking for a superplex. Oh, and Flair is all the way up. Oh, and all the way down. 
And Flair acted as if he's been electrocuted. Sting with a cover. One, two. But no, Arn Anderson pulls the referee out of the ring. Oh, isn't there? He had control. Oh, no, yeah. Arn Anderson has knocked out a referee. No disqualification. And Sting goes after Arn Anderson. And Sid, for some reason, comes in behind and attacks Sting. And why is Sid out here for? He wants Hogan. What's his association with Flair? Well, he's just told us to shut up, so we best do as Sid Vicious says. He points to his temple while walking away. Well, that's empty at the moment, and so he's probably Sting's engine as Flair pulls him in the middle of the ring. Looking to load him up. Oh, no. Thought he was going for the figure four, but he just knees Sting in the ball bags. And a kick to the nuts as well. Well, Flair's making sure there's no little stingers going around. Does the presidency change hands on a DQ? That, I no idea. It would be WCW, so it would mean a new president gets decided in a fatal four-way match between NWO Black and White. And David Flair. And Flair. Figure four time. Flair wraps it in. No, Sting shoulders were down, but he manages to kick out. Oh. And now Flair just slapping Sting. Who again no-sells it. Beats his chest. Tries to turn it round on Ric Flair. Gets it over, reverses the pressure. And will Flair, Flair tap? Will he submit? No. He relinquishes the hold, and the chops are taking effect on Sting now. And it's Flair's dissecting Sting, takes it down with a kick, and again low by Flair and a chop. <coughs> and now Flair's with left and right, but it look like they're having no effect on Sting. And again a huge chop from Flair, but Sting no selling. Flair for the 20th time this match begs off. Sting throws him into the corner, but Flair comes out with a back elbow, and then Flair by measure. Then immediately back up to his... There's no doubt, even Flair at this age, he's oh, still Flair's got... Flair's going off top. He's still got a lot of energy. No, gets caught by Sting and thrown across the ring. Huge clothesline by Sting. Flair pops up and again taken out. Flair in the corner. Irish. Oh, and Flair pulls the referee in the way for the Sting bump. And then another Flair bump. Now Asia's in. Oh, Sting, don't... Well, to be fair, that's a little bit different than what we've seen recently. Well, Sting was like, hang on there, young man. And <laughs> he's just taking Asia out. With a stinger splash. That's another WCW superstar lay- laying hands on a woman. Now you got the Scorpion Deathlock locked in. But the referee's out. Flair's giving up. Flair's saying yes. And Bischoff's in. And Bischoff's saying Flair submits. Ring the bell. Have we got another Montreal screw job? I thought Flair was submitting there. Bischoff's saying it's done. And Sting's in control. Oh, and Sid's back again. As if his head wasn't empty enough. And now he's got Bischoff. Loading him up for a powerbomb. Oh, my God. He's just powerbombed a trained martial artist there. And now Hogan's in. Oh, my God. Oh, the point of death scares the shit out of Sid Vicious. He knows he's not man enough to stand up to the point of Hogan. And it will be Sid versus Hogan in our main event for the world title. But what did you think of Sting versus Flair? <sighs> Ridiculous. I really liked it. I actually thought, well, like, Sting and Flair, where you can see the chemistry they've got for years. And even though it's basically like every match they've ever had, it's still nice to see Flair having that energy to kind of bump around still. And it shows Sting as the kind of superhero that he was. As for the ending, with the referee bumps and everything like that, it did get a bit silly then didn't it you know absolutely it's like what is Sid's involvement in this <laughs> but why why is he here I just don't know but anywho 
Well, worse than that, we do have the TV title match, and it is Hogan, Horace Hogan, versus Rick Steiner. Well, let's get this over with. Steiner hammers away on Horace to start with his usual array of brutally bad offence. Horace pulls him out the floor, but misses a splash on Barry Cade, Alice Sting, Alice. Back in, and Steiner slugs Horace down again with hard shots to the face for putting on a chin lock. Horace fights up with a big boot to knock the champ outside. The referee doesn't seem to mind the chair shots to Steiner's back. Kevin Nash seems to mind, though, as he comes out to send Horace into the steps. The Steiner Bulldog retains the title. So, does that mean Steiner's a face now if Kevin Nash is a face? No, because Nash might be a heel. Oh, Nash might be yeah, a heel. Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. But with. then, what's Horace? Because it was Horace, the one that was being heelish during the match. Yeah, but the end of where Black and White are split up now due to Stevie Ray Harlem Heat again. So, he might be a face. Because Hogan is. And that is his cousin. Ah, I see. Yeah. Well, anyway, someone locked Steiner in a room so he can't hurt any more matches. This was a usual dreadful mess with Rick in there beating up whomever he's against and barely selling a thing. Horace isn't much, but he's light years ahead of Rick, who somehow used to be a good hand in the ring. Nash and Steiner touch fist post-match, drawing out Hogan to ask what's going on. Kevin says it's person that's that. Right, well that answers that then. Well, Nitro Girls! And it's Eddie Guerrero versus Psychosis. Well, we continue to search for Eddie's wallet. Psychosis misses a charge to start and crashes into the corner, allowing Eddie to baseball slide him out to the floor. Back in, and Eddie now has a quick slingshot helo, only to eat a clothesline from Psychosis. A head scissors and tilt a well backbreaker gets two. Two! And we head outside. Eddie is sent into barricade to work on the ribs, so Psychosis throws him back in for a waist lock. A top rope spin wheel kick. Don't even fucking... You just do that to piss me off. What? Now. It's not a spin wheel kick. It's a spinning hill kick. Well, whatever it is, drops Eddie for two. Four! <laughs> <laughs> and the top rope hurricane gets the same. Four! <laughs> but Eddie blocks a tornado DDT through low and grabs it followed by the frog splash for the fast pin. Is that a quick count? One, two, three, or is that just a pinfall? Well, Psychosis doesn't get the respect he deserves as he's actually better than people remember. He may not have been as good as the elite members of the division, but he's still more able to hold his own in the ring. Eddie continues to look sharp since his return, but this wallet thing needs to wrap up soon because it's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Well, Villano 5 and La Parker run in to beat down Eddie post-match until Rey Mysterio comes out for the save. Naturally, former issues are forgotten and they shake hands. Well, in the back, Stevie Ray asks Vincent and Brian Adams to watch his back against the triad. Adams isn't interested because Ray should be worried about NWO business. He has a point there, to be honest. Squashing Prince Ikea on weekend sea shows is serious business. And then we get Canyon versus Stevie Ray. Well, the triad does their usual stuff, but throws in some yo mama jokes about... One dive misses and Steve plants... Canyon with a power slam. The rest of the triad comes in, but Stevie fights them off with relative ease. Stevie totally botches a slapjack, nearly falling onto Canyon instead of jumping. Not that it matters as Paige comes in for the DQ. Actually, scratch that as referee said it was a pin, even though Paige hit him before the free. Okay, then. Classic WCW refing. Well, Stevie looked like a monster out there, but at the end of the day, there's only so much he can do in the ring. That slapjack shit, especially when it doesn't fit Stevie's style. He's a power guy, but it's really not a power move. If the skinny version of Triple H can hit it, how powerful can it be? Well, the triad beats Stevie down until Booker makes a save. To be fair, they made fun of his mama too. Robert, Robert Wall of Ali Dollar Dollar. 
joins commentary. I've never seen the show, so I'm assuming he's in character and doesn't really sound this annoying. Up next is Randy Savage versus Kidman. Oh, that classic match, yeah. Well, there's no Medusa with Savage for some reason. And before the match, Savage says he wants his title back and that he's running for president in 2000. Sure, why the fuck not? They trade wrist locks to start with Savage looking a bit frustrated. Savage kicks him in the ribs as Arliss is already getting on my nerves. Talking about how amazing Dennis Rodman is. A head scissors and a drop kick sends Savage to the floor where he blasts the announcer's table. Well, back in and Savage hammers away only to get back to the floor for a big crash. That's fine with Savage as he pulls Kidman out to the floor and chokes him on the table with a Slim Jim. Oh, come on, that's brilliant. Uh, made a lot of uh, made up for a lot of problems in this show. Back in again, and Kidman eats an elbow to the jaw as Arliss still won't shut up about Rodman. Miss Madness actually drop kicks Savage. At least it wasn't the Molly go round to give Kidman two. Two. And Savage pops up and pile drives Kidman into next year. He pulls up at two though. Two. And decks the referee only to drop another referee. Cue Rodman in semi drag to hit Savage in the back with his hat, sending Savage to the floor and Arliss in the ring to celebrate. I'm assuming the match was thrown out because the fans eat Rodman up because this is Chicago Bulls country. But this sums up a lot of WWC in a nutshell. We had a watchable match going on, but between Arliss and commentary, Rodman coming in and the girls balling up, it's almost impossible to care about the match. On top of that, this is also to set up Randy Savage versus Dennis Rodman. That's the best idea they can come up with for a pay-per-view. Decent match ruined by WWE being unable to stop messing with things. Well, security and Tony Schiavone, for some reason, comes in to break it up as Arliss makes a challenge for Savage versus Rodman at Road Wild. Medusa comes out and brawls with Miss Madness. And we then get a clip of Vampiro beating up Conan from last week. The next match, which is Conan versus, you guessed it, Vampiro. Well, Conan babbles about Cheddar before the match and slaps Vampiro in the face before the bell. Vampiro quickly takes over and suplexes him down for two, two. before stomping away on Conan. A spin heel kick drops Conan as Heenan sounds balls. The kick to the ribs and X Factor suffer clothesline to knock Vampira outside. Back in a horrible looking takedown called a Bulldog sets up the rolling lariat only to have the insane mint to stomp on Conan for the DQ. I fucking hate the insane clown posse, you know that. Well, Shaggy 2 Dope drops a terrible looking leg drop on Conan which seemed to hurt him way more than it should have. Raven is out with the clowns too. Ray tries to come in but gets laid out for a moonsault from Violent J. Well, let's see. NWO, Team Savage, Rednecks, Triad, No Limit Soldiers, First Family, Vampiro and Company, and you could argue Regal, Finley and Taylor. When you're reaching enough factions to hold down a factions tournament, it's time to cut things down a few thousand fucking notches we get nitro girls with dj ran we get a clip of hogan winning the title last week and here's buff bagwell dressed as a cat to continue this stupid feud i'll gloss over the small guy in face mask and the fact that buff has brown makeup on his impression is good at least and he rips on the fans for being fat buff promises to whip all the jacksons and wants to click his red shoes together three times to get out of rockford Point for a funny line. This brings out the cat and owner for a red shoot to the head and a moonwalk elbow. So long, Buff. It was nice having you credit but eat land whilst it lasted. So the same Buff Bagwell that beat Piper, pinned Ric Flair, is getting beaten up the cat. 
Well, we get an ad for Road Wild. And then it's Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn versus Kurt Henning and Barry Windham. Well, this could be good. Henning takes Benoit into the corner to start and has a whip reverse so Benoit can hammer away. Windham hits a closing of his own and we take a break. Well, back with Barry superplexing Benoit for two. Two. As Saturn makes a save. Off to Kurt for his usual, only to miss a charge in the corner. Ag brings in Saturn, but he has to fight off all four rednecks. Henning rakes the eyes to get out the Death Valley driver, but gets caught in the crossface, drawing the rednecks for the DQ. Well, the match was okay while it lasted, but I get tired of these hill groups that keep interfering to end matches. We had it for years with the NWO, now we have it with the Triad and the Rednecks. And I'm glad that they're giving so many people something to do, but I come up with something fresh. Also, did a six and a half minute match really need a commercial? Well, Malenko tries to make his beaten down as well. Instead, Shane Douglas makes his return and cleans house. He grabs the mic and says these guys are the backbone of the company and won't be held down like he was for years. Where he comes from, if someone is trying to stop your career, you bash them in the head with a stop sign. Well, he's going to take the cancer out of WWE starting tonight. Hopefully this lights a fire in the L versus new story, even though it's already dying of frostbite for being so cold. Also, when Shane Douglas is your best hope, you might want to pin right now. Well, Nitro Girls! And then we get a clip of Hogan winning the title against the Macho Man last week. Again. And then we get another Road Wild ad. And now it's the WWE World title on the line. Nitro is saved. We've seen Flair and Sting earlier. And we're about to have a WrestleMania 8 rematch between Hollywood Hogan and Sid Vicious. The saviour against the psycho. And Hogan means business throwing his t-shirt off at Sid. The bell rings. Hogan pulls off his bandana to cover the fact that he's bald. Hogan's bald? Fucking hell. And Sid looks exactly as Sid when he was stabbing Arn Anson with a pair of scissors in England, eh? I tell you what. Looks in great shape right now as he looks to become world champion. I don't think Hogan is actually bald. Sorry to retract my last statement. I think he's just got a very short-topped mallet. I, 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 you know, to be fair to Hogan, he's been doing it a while now and Sid, no, he's, he's had enough. And walks away. He gets an opportunity at the title that he wanted. Yeah, he's walking away. The bell has rung and Sid has been out for probably about a minute. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if Sid is actually working with human, uh, with Earth's gravity at the moment because he's just taken so long doing anything since his return. Maybe he's just, you know, used to something else. <laughs> What's the opposite to taking speed? <laughs> he's taking slow. Go on, Hogan, complain that he pulled your hair. Well, what a huge show of power there by Sid to Hogan. As Hogan starts massaging the ropes, Sid tells the fans to be quiet because they're distracting his thoughts. Oh, and Hogan returns the power strength and just gives Sid a bit. Tells him to kiss his ass. And Sid now wants to test the strength of Hogan. I don't know if he's going to win this one. Can he trust Sid, though? He does seem very, very unhinged. He's got mad looking in his eyes. I don't know why he was getting involved earlier with Sting. Of course he wouldn't. Sid's playing my games and rolls to the outside to Scott Hudson and Heenan. Um, what was that there? Sid just said? I have no idea. What did he say? I have no idea. We need subtitles when it comes to Sid. The referees finally started the count, even though Sid was outside for at least 40 seconds. At least a minute and a half. And now there, Hogan drawing the line in the sand and saying, I dare you. Come across this line and I'll break you. Sid steps over the top rope. Hogan, test of strength. And yes, we are about five minutes into this match and we've seen probably about two moves, if we're lucky. And now Sid kicking Hogan in the knee. 
with those two kicks there. Hogan is in a lot, a lot of trouble. He can barely stand. Oh, a running kick this time knocks Hogan. And we had a problem with Shawn Michaels completely overselling everything Hogan was doing to him at, was it SummerSlam? Mm. And, uh, you know, Hogan's <laughs> doing exactly the same thing to Sid. I can't wait for the back rake and the hook up. And he's going to send Hogan into the turnbuckle. No, Hogan blocks it. Sid looks flabbergasted. <laughs> using all his strength to try and send Hogan into the Hogan with a punch to the midsection. Bouncing from corner to corner and back to the first corner again. And a couple of huge right hands and Sid is in a lot of trouble now. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And a bite. Turning round and rake his back, Hogan. Can do it. And Hogan now looking to go huge clothesline on Sid. Who no-sells it. Doesn't knock him down. Goes for a second. A rake to the eyes. Tries to power him up, but Sid somehow goes into a cover. And Sid's fully recovered. And he only got a two. Two. And a rear chin lock by Sid. The most god-awful looking rear chin lock I think I've seen in my life. It's like he's holding his face. Gently cupping his chin. When he moved his hand, there was no pressure removed from it oh Sid I think Sid can categorically go down as one of the worst wrestlers ever without doubt he's definitely in the top I mean, five I mean you know it's what makes a wrestler is promo work which Sid you can either not understand him or what he says either makes no sense or he just completely fucks up and botches it his ring work is very slow and not a slow, methodical beatdown like the legend that is Randy Orton does, but just slow. Well, Sid is wrapping that leg around the ring post. Hogan in all sorts of trouble, but he's not finished. And he does the same move again. Because, of course, you have got to focus on the knee when your finishing move is a powerbomb. Well, maybe it means Hogan won't be able to use his leg drop. But it doesn't matter, because as soon as Hogan hulks up, there's no pain. Just in- And now Sid's got the arm, just working the ribs. And with a kick to the ribs and a brief about 30 seconds, Sid sets him up for a version of the sleeper hold. And it doesn't even look like it's locked in properly. No, he's just... But Hogan immediately drops to one knee. It's Hogan doing all the work. And he's fading fast. So much energy is coming out that Sid's had to drop to one knee as well. The arm drops once. The arm drops out. There's no coming back for him. No! The whole cut begins! Oh. But a rake to the eyes stops it. And Sid now just with brutal shots to the midsection. That's the fastest offence I think I've ever seen come out of Sid. And a big boot. And Sid is in complete control. Might be looking to end things now. He's asking the crowd what they think, Hogan style. Is he going to drop the big leg drop? They do say imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Looks to drop the leg, but Hogan moves out the way at the last instant. And we get a revised Hogan now. And he's like, no, no, no. That's not how you do things in Hogan. And he wants Sid to get up. As he's hulking. Rake the back hoax. You. And Sid again looks flabbergasted. Tries to punch Hogan, but Hogan blocks it. A flurry of rights. Irish whip. Big boot. Doesn't knock Sid down. Do we want another one? He's got to slam him. Hogan's asked to pick the big man up. Barely. And just like he slammed the 800-pound Andre Giant in front of 150,000 people, Hogan now, you look for that leg drop. He's asking the fans, should he do it? Do you want to see it? Oh, no, Nash. Nash in from behind. DQ. And he's Nash and, uh, Nash and Sid in cahoots. Oh. 
cement Nash as a heel now. It looks like the way. And here but comes Sting's Sting. in to break things up. And he's fighting off Sid Vicious and Nash. Sting has splashed to Vicious. Sting has splashed to Nash. And now Rick Steiner's in hey, for some Rick reason. Steiner. In case that wasn't enough people. Well, I think Villano 4 is going to come in and try and make a save as well. And Sid Steiner and Nash beating down on Hogan. And they turn their attention to Sting. Dun, 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 dun. Hey! Oh! He calls it and Goldberg jogs down to the ring. We haven't seen him in a while due to filming commitments. Easily fends off Rick Steiner. Takes out Nash. Disposes of Vicious. Goldberg was up back. Rick Steiner. The fans are happy to see him. And so are we, finally. And would you have ever thought that Goldberg would align himself with the Hollywood... Hulk Hogan. Not with Sting there as well. You talk about the three guys who have been the head of WSW these past three years, four years. It is it. And is this a turning point for Nitro in the Monday Night Wars as Nash and Sid and Rick Steiner go up? Nash and Sid, I can see that. But Rick Steiner? I have no idea. I mean, you know. But yet, both Hogan and Nash are wearing NWO gear. Goldberg and Sting have spent most of their time fighting the NWO. Sid Justice, I'm sure he was against Nash when Nash had the title. It doesn't make any sense, but it is actually quite enjoyable to see where this is going to actually lead to. Well, the thing is, Hogan, yeah, like I said, Hogan has been Hogan again. That makes sense. Sting, we all know about him, and of course Goldberg. So can the faces come out on top against the heels? Well, we'll leave it there for WCW for this episode now. So let's jump ship to the WWF. A man was in complete control of the company. Stone Cold was champion. And we were heading to a pay-per-view that we actually picked. So it's episode 319, the 5th of July. Yes, we're at the Crown Coliseum in Fettyville, North Carolina. There's an attendance of 8,227. And as always, your commentators are good old JR and Jerry the King. Honestly, you can never guess what's coming on these insane shows, but I have a feeling Vincent Mann is going to be up to some shenanigans. Let's get to it. We open with a recap of last week's title change. You can hear the ratings climbing again. Undertaker wants a first blood rematch. I'm guessing he requested that on Heat. And then we get the opening sequence. And here's Austin to open things up. He may have been bleeding last week, but he got the job done. Vince McMahon may have spent four months trying to take the WWF title away from Austin, but last week he crumpled those plans and put them in. Uh, well, you get the idea. The first blood match is on for fully loaded, and he hasn't forgotten Undertaker busting him open last year against Kane. Well, cue Vince to say that's not happening. Austin cuts him off by saying his hair isn't so good and Vince has 15,000 people calling him an arsehole. One of them has to go good and Vince is willing to bet on the Untaker to get rid of Austin. If Vince has 15,000 people calling him an arsehole, how come the attendance is only 8,227? <laughs> <laughs> it's wrestling. Are they saying it twice? Yes, they are. Let's see Charlton it more times. Well, we even let Austin's attorneys draw up the contract. The only rules are that if Austin wins, Vince is done with him. But if Austin loses, he never gets another title shot ever. The fault, is as, the fault of Austin as a champion makes Vince want to vomit and something has to be done about him. 
Either way, this is going to be the end of an era. If Austin wins, Vince is gone for good. Austin says deal, just so he can get rid of Vince. That was kind of long standard around here. And there has to be something up on Vince's part, which is the whole point of the thing. Well, The Rock is cool with the idea of being locked in a cage with Triple H because nothing to be scared of. Before he goes any further, Michael Cole's face needs to be covered by Rock's new shirt. I mean, he's got a point. Anyway, Triple H doesn't know what he's in for tonight because Rock emits electricity. As for Billy Gunn, to Cole, keep your head still, Jabroni. He's still nothing, so Rock is here to electrify as only he can. The energy is there, but he doesn't have his classic cadence gesture. So we get the tag team title match after Hardy Boys won their match to become number one contenders. They're going to go against the Acolytes. But the Acolytes not being in great condition because last night on Heat, Kane, Tombstone, Bradshaw on the still stairs. So you've got one to flare 100% as the Hardy Boys with Michael Hayes are coming out. So this is the Hardy's first proper title opportunity. Bradshaw's not being allowed to go to the ring by a, a trainer, an EMT, a medical staff. But he just clocks him with a huge right and goes out anyway. So the trainer, EMT and referee are down. And the underdog Hardy boys here, they're ready for a battle. They look so much different to the Team Extreme Hardy boys that we know and love. Well, this is the thing, this is the start of a great tag team division in the WWF. And, you know, you've you got to give the Acolytes some credit, you know, because they were champions at this point and have been one of the most probably consistent teams since the start of the year. And Jeff Hardy goes sailing over the top rope, gets caught by Bradshaw and Farouk, but... Uh, sorry, Matt Hardy goes flying over the ropes, get caught by Bradshaw and Farouk. Then Jeff Hardy comes sailing over the top and takes them all out. And now a fight is on, and Bradshaw sending Jeff into the ring post. As Farouk and Matt start things off in the ring. You've got to think Jimmy Cordero's got to get some control here. <coughs> There's no doubt the Acolytes will want to get the job done quickly as well. Bradshaw not being in any co- uh, any condition to compete. But he seems to be holding his own against Jeff. As Matt gets out of a backdrop and hits swinging netbreaker on Farouk. And now Matt's going to take the risk and go up. So's Jeff on the opposite corner. Here we go. Bang! Tandem Hardy offence. Jeff goes for the cover, but he's not the legal man. But that doesn't bother the referee. The Farouk managing to kick out. Ah. And then Jeff goes back to the outside, despite not being the legal man that went for the pinfall. Oh my God, but Matt Hardy there got caught. With a huge spine buster, then Farouk catches the incoming Jeff in a lovely power slam. And our both acolytes turn their attentions to Matt. Now you can see what the acolytes have been through it recently as well. Billy Gunn claiming to be tag team champion and they sorted those uh, shenanigans out. And now Bradshaw looking to put Matt Hardy away. Delivers a big boot, knocks Jeff off the apron. And now JR, of course, talking about the end of an era at Fully Loaded. One is of it, my favourite pay-per-views of all time. Is it me, but there's... Uh, Michael Hayes looked like a uncool dad trying to fit in with his sons. Without a doubt, you know. But uh, you got to give credit to Michael Hayes just because of he's what he looks like today. And he, <laughs> he, try, he still tries to... Uh, <coughs> I'm sure there's a couple of it in there somewhere. He's always been trying to fit in, but always got a certain sense. Matt comes flying off the top, gets caught by Bradshaw. Jeff follows it up with a drop kick. Matt falls into the pin, but Farouk in to break it up. And then dispatches Matt to the outside. And again, both acolytes turn their attentions to Jeff. <laughs> he just runs into a double shoulder block and just gets obliterated. Well, that's part of paying your dues for the uh, Harley boys. Has Jeff wet himself after that <laughs> shoulder block tackle? <laughs> He's definitely in a bit of trouble. Wouldn't about all managing to escape Farouk's offence. 
hit a DDT, goes for the cover, but Fruit Manager to kick out. Uh-huh. Tags in Bradshaw, stomps away at the ribs of Jeff. Of course, in our main event tonight as well, is Triple H versus Rock in a steel cage match. As Bradshaw's going to look to put Jeff away now. Uh, Matt's in with a boot to the side of the head of Bradshaw. Knocks in for six. I think that concussion might be coming back to haunt him. Now, big right hands by Matt, leaving him a seat for Bradshaw, but he reverses the Irish whip. Matt, with a kick to the chest, has little to no effect, and he just gets run over with a clothesline. Bradshaw in the cover, and Jeff Hardy there to break it up. Dispatches of him, throws him out the ring. And Michael Hayes up in the apron, and Farouk is beating him up now, throwing him on Barry Cade. Bradshaw trying to sit Matt Hardy on the top rope. Oh, ref- Jeff with the cane. Referee was distracted. Matt Hardy with a tornado DDT. One, two, three. Fr- yes. They did get the three. That was a bit of crappy camera. The Hardys are the new tag team champions. For the first time ever, the Hardy boys win the tag team title. So quite an historic moment, even though Michael Hayes just threw the title belt down for the Hardy boys. And I don't think a bad match either, really. No. Um... It kind of makes you wonder are the Hardys hill because they used the foreign object or was it just any means necessary? This is the thing. I think, I, I'm not sure because like we say, we don't really know what the Acolytes do in the corporate ministry. That's been in a lot of trouble recently. Is that kind of over and done? But I think fair play to the Hardy boys for winning the titles very first time and assisted by Kane in more ways than one. <laughs> That's me. peaked. Well, the feed breaks up, sending us over to GTV, where Droz and Prince Albert are in drag, with Droz saying it feels sexy. <laughs> well, that was uh, gave me feelings. Uh, up next, Gangrel versus Godfather. Well, Gangrel isn't happy with Godfather, who seemed to let Edge have some of the ladies for helping him out recently. Speaking of the ladies, Godfather has two of them, and one of them is none other than Lita. Well, Gangrel jumps Godfather and there's a clip with Godfather suddenly facing the other way. I wonder how bad that could have been. A spin heel kick puts Godfather down, but Gangrel misses a charge. Godfather misses a leg drop, avoids an elbow and drops a leg for the pin. What an odd little match. Can I see Lita as one of the hosts? The Harley boys. Sorry, but that makes a lot of sense when uh, I do believe Hacksaw Jim Duggan after John Cena beat Edge and Edge and Lita are walking out. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan goes, I've got one thing to say to you, Lita. Ho! Yeah. Ho, 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 ho! I should say as well, as a nice uh, backstage interview with the Hardy Boys. And Michael Hull, Michael Hayes actually looks quite happy, so does Terry Taylor. So what do you think of Lita in the back then, Dan? She looks like a dumbass. No. Um, well, you know, uh, wrestlers do get their big breaks in other ways. And I'm sure she was going through training at this point And... It's a good way to get her introduced into TV, I suppose. Yes, as a prostitute for the Godfather, I suppose. <laughs> but that yeah. is the attitude era at its best or worst. I'm I'm not sure. But there's the Harley Boys with the tag team titles. And weirdly enough, the other team extreme member, Lita, uh, being with the Godfather. Oh. Well, post-match, Albert and Droz jump Godfather and Venus with Gangrel joining in. Edge and Christian come out to ask Gangrel what he's doing, but don't bother to help Val. Stephanie tells Test to be careful... Test, test, this is test, and he's going against Joey Abs. Well, Joey jumps in before the match. Joey jumps in before the match, but gets kicked in the face for his efforts. The gut wrench powerbomb takes Joey down again, but here's Shane dragging Stephanie to the ring as the rest of the Mean Street Posse come in to beat Test down. Stephanie has to watch the beat down, and Shane glares at her as he leaves. Oh, you bastard, Shane. 
Well, China is furious that someone has vandalised her beloved car, thinking it was DX. The DX painted on the car would suggest she's right. She's been making deal with it, or she will. And it's the hardcore title match. It's Al Snow versus D-Lo Brown. And Brown is challenging and spends a lot of time talking trash, allowing Snow to come in and hit him in the head with a cookie sheet. They head to the floor and into the crowd with Snow breaking a broom over his back. Brown punched him with an es- uh, up an escalator with some kids trying to run up the other side and screaming around the fight. Snow falls back down, at least on the proper side, and Brown chokes him with a payphone. They go through another door, thankfully with the camera running up to them instead of being ready for them, where Brown hits him with a shovel. It's off to catering with Brown hitting the low down onto Snow onto a table, which of course doesn't move because it's a real table. Brown whips him through a standing table, but Midian pops up for no apparent reason to hit D'Lo and give Snow a breather. Snow puts Brown on the table and uses a forklift to get it in the air for a splash to retain. I mean, these matches are still entertaining, even if they're list The best parts of the matches have them go through the back and see what toys they can find, so the phone part was a highlight of the whole shitting. Snow was the most entertaining of the hardcore guys, so this was as good as it was going to get. The Midian thing isn't likely to go anywhere, but that has happened at least three times a show. Midian walks by and looks at Brown. The cops are looking for X-Puck and Road Dog and Fink tells them where to go. And it's Road Dog versus Val Venus. Yeah, so the cops around here do suck. Val is banged up from early and doesn't even do his catchphrase. Mischarge lets Val stomp around the corner and he hits his running knees against the ropes. Val hits the Russian leg sweep and hits the hip swivel, setting up a butterfly suplex for two. Two. Dog is right back with a shaky jazz, but here are the cops with X-Bucks in handcuffs. They arrest Dog as well as one of the weirdest no contests you'll ever see. Well, China and Billy Gunn are very pleased with these results. And then DX is put in a squad car. And it is the Intercontinental title. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T versus Chaz. Well, Chaz is challenging in case you're rather slow. The fans want puppies but settle for an exchange of wrist locks instead. Chaz gets a shot in the corner and power slams Jeff for two. Two. Deborah offers the puppies so Chaz's girlfriend, Marina, goes over to yell, allowing Jeff to hit the stroke to retain in a hurry. Post-match, Jarrett goes for the guitar, but Thrasher runs in for the save. What a moment. The headbangers are back together. And the next match is Edge versus Big Bossman. Well, Bossman powers him into the corner to start, but gets a drop tie hold down as the pace picks up. A missile drop kick gives Edge two. Two. But Bossman hits a splash for three twos. Um, two three times. Edge is right back with us. Not a good one either for the pin. Well, post-match, Bossman hits him with a nightstick and cuffs him to the ropes for a beating. Christian runs in for the save, but gets the same treatment as Edge. There is no gangrel on sight, and the post-match angle was longer than the actual match itself. China is going to press charges and Triple H is ready to beat up The Rock but wants to know where it's going to get him. And our next match is Billy Gunn versus Meat. China and PMS are here too. Gunn jumps in before the bell but Meat hits a layout F5 for two. Two. Not that it matters as a jackhammer sets up the famous up with Gunn getting a heck of a jump for the pin. Well, post-match, Jacqueline yells at Gunn and gets dropped by China. Gunn spray paints Ryan Shamrock. JL says this spray painting idea is real original. And China helps him do the same to Jacqueline and meet. With JR thinking China might have painted her own car while making more NWO references. This is another story that feels like we had a bunch of twists, including starting and paying off a twist in the span of 40 minutes. And it is Kane versus The Big Show and Hardcore Holly. Holly tells Show to start for the team, so Kane drop kicks Show in the chest 
only to be power slammed for his effort. Now Holly's willing to come in and pound away in the corner and drop kick the knee. Cue Undertaker and Paul Bearer for a stare down with show, leaving Kane to choke slam Holly for the fast pin. Well, post-match, Kane the Undertaker beat show down. Kane leaves and the Undertaker chair show in the head as Kane isn't sure what to do. So is this the brother destruction? Maybe getting back together? I mean, it's... Uh, it's a bit odd at this moment in time. And look at this vicious chair shot as well by the Undertaker. We see these two men exchanging. God. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> and look at that. Busted wide open. And the big show looks like he's just received one of his fucking knockout punches. Well, up next it is the main event and it is Triple H versus The Rock with a steel cage. Well, after watching Nitro, you go back to Raw and it just, it seems bigger and better. I don't know why. I don't know production values or just the crowd itself or the wrestlers involved. Well, the main reason is, who is the longest serving character at the moment? I'll say it was The Undertaker. Yeah. And is he getting pushed to the hilt? No. Exactly. You know, it's not Undertaker versus the next longest serving member of the roster. It's two young bucks. I don't mean the tag team, Matt and Nick Jackson, because they're cunts. AEW sucks. Um, Unless they want to hire us. Unless they want to hire us and we'll butter them up big time. But, um, you know, they are pushing these newer guys... In you know, I know these these have had a couple of matches, but they've been entertaining. You know, they've had a cast match. They're in a steel cage match now, so you know there could be no outside interference from China or anyone else. It is, you know, it's entertaining, and the crowd are definitely into it as well. That's a huge rocky chance now. Like I said, these two men are just a few months away, a year away from being exactly who they are. You know, it just takes a little bit of growing, a little bit of building, get given a chance to main event a raw. You know, with no Austin or taking the site, yeah, that's going to be the main event fully loaded, but, you know, WF are clever to do what they do. Exactly, you know, they're not pushing it in your face. And these two guys as well, they're very solid workers. Yeah, they may not be a catch-can style wrestlers, but what they do in the ring is still very flawless. Without doubt. And, you know, I am a bit impartial because fully loaded night nine is one of my favourite papers as well. I actually wrote a review for it and I found it a few months. I was just to dig that out see if I still got it around. When did you do the review? Uh, did back in 1999. <laughs> so I did it 20 years ago. Was it ago. in crayons? No, it's not in crayons. It's, it's like typed on a computer. 20 years ago, so you must have been like what? 24? Oh, very funny. Yeah, no, I was 11, so... 11? <laughs> yeah, I knew what I wanted to do with my <laughs> I life. I didn't know what a computer was at the age of 11. I was eating mud when I was 11. <laughs> Well, I knew I was a wrestling fan at that age, and I've been ever since. So, you know, this is the time that I remember. Look at I him. like The Rock. I thought he was very good. His music <laughs> is very catchy. <laughs> Triple H is a bad man. I don't like him. China should not get involved. She looks too manly. <laughs> well, we'll find... Well, yeah, yeah, how did you read it? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see if I can dig it out by then. But at the moment, The Rock exploded out the corner right onto Triple H. And I do like The Rock. And I do the thing, he's got to catch your music. <laughs> <laughs> and The Rock now trying to escape the cage. Oh, oh but he just swipes the legs of The Rock, who bounces head first off the turnbuckle and sells it absolutely yeah. perfectly. See, this is kind of a difference. They are pushing these up-and-comers. I mean, a while ago, you know, we had The Nation feuding with DX, and neither of them are with their kind of associated fac- factions, and yet... You know, they still kind of draw each other back together again. Yeah, it's amazing the connection of Rock 
and Triple H have to go. I mean, you know, you talk about someone nowadays like Ziggler and Kofi. I mean, The Rock and Triple H must have faced each other near, you know, thousands, hundreds of times. When you At think least of, thousands of times. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you consider, like, in 96, there were a few Novali in the Cup title, or, or 97 when The Rock had, had debuted. Like I said, 98 with The Nation and DX, 99 now trying to be number one contenders. Obviously, in 2000, as champions, you know, so... And it, you can see the chemistry. And it, like I said, the amount of matches, but yet it wasn't boring in a weird way. No. You know, it's the Rock versus Triple H, spoiler alert, fully loaded in a strap match as well. But that's another good match, you know. But again, you know, it's these two guys, they can't be separated. You know, I'm sure their win-loss records are, are rather similar mm. like to uh, against each other facing off. So, you know, these kind of matches, I think they pull into the feud. That, you know, you talk about the progression of the Triple H character this year. Going from, you know, being part of DX to being his own man, part of the corporation in a way, you know, and actually being on the same level as The Undertaker and Austin and people like that as well. And that's how he got accepted into the main event scene. You're not seeing it at Nitro, you're not seeing it nowadays. And, and this is the thing they need to look at. Yeah. And Helmsy was trying to escape the cage and China passed him some and dragged him in. And then uh, Triple H just hits him upside the head with the handcuffs and uh, Rock's in a lot of trouble now. The game handcuffs, well, puts the handcuffs onto the cage, looking to set Rock up and uh, prevent him from fighting back, I suppose. And now Triple H, just with the kicks. Softening the Rock up so he can get put into the uh, handcuffs. Now Triple H is trying to get the Rock handcuffed, but now the Rock responds with a low blow. Perfectly legal in this match. In a pinfall cage match then. No, it's was... an escape the cage cage match. Traditional cage match. And the fans behind only one man here. And a rock with an Irish rip to Triple H, but the game comes back with a swinging neck breaker. Is he the game yet, or is he the cerebral assassin? Or is he just Triple H? At the moment, I think it's just Triple H. The game comes just after SummerSlam. Like I said, we are a couple of months away from that. He's looking now to go over the top. And a rock grabbing hold of Triple H's legs. <coughs> Trying to pull him back into the cage, but Hunter fighting out with a kick to the face. <coughs> Jumps down. Rock with an arm drag, taking Triple H off the top turnbuckle. Throwing him at least halfway across the ring. At least three quarters. Timmy White trying to open up the cage to let the Rock out. But China takes out the ref. Uh-oh, and now the Rock doesn't know she's got the cage door. And bounces it off the Rock's head. And now China's going to get in the cage and help Triple H out. And what a way to win. And here he comes. He's on the stairs. And he's out. And you're winner right there, Triple H. But there's no referee to see it at the moment. And now Rock's got out of the cage. And Triple H's going out the entrance way. And the Rock's not finished with them yet. And now the Rock taking out Triple H in China. But knocked down by China. <laughs> now Triple H bringing the Rock back to the ring. Well, the bell hasn't officially rung yet. Well, Timmy White's bell's rung. He's completely out of it. China's trying to revive the referee, but I think as he sees it, both men are out of the cage. Now Triple H is going to go for the pedigree. Now the Rock takes the legs out, drops the game, catapults him into the side of the cage. Now China realises that she uh, hurt more than she helped right now. And the Rock's still got Triple H. He's going to bring him back in. <coughs> Why is China not getting involved now? Well, China watching on. And the Rock... Drags Triple H into there and tells China to lock the cage. As he bounces Triple H's head off the side of the cage and goes straight back to the other side. And the Rock now punishing Triple H. Samoan drop. It looked like he was maybe going to go for a cover there, but then he remembered. <clears throat> uh, the Rock's going to try and climb out of the cage before Triple H can recover. He's trying to scream at Triple H to get up. He eventually does, grabs hold of the legs of the Rock. 
But The Rock managing to land on his feet. Plants Triple H with a DDT. And again, The Rock trying to climb up the turnbuckles to escape the cage. China spots this and again tries to get Triple H back into the game. And The Rock maybe could escape, but... And he turns round. Double X handle smash off the top. Takes Triple H down. Fresh whip. Rock drops his head. Triple H uses that to his advantage and plants the knee straight into the chin of The Rock. And now throws him into the side of the cage and a huge clothesline takedown. And both men are a bit worse for wear at this point. I tell you, say it though. These two guys really do know how to make the most of a match. Like, we've seen him in a ladder match before where it was really grueling. And even this cage match, they're using all the essentials, aren't they? Using it as the, the, the cage as a weapon as it should be. And even that innovative moment of them both getting out, but the referee's not down and they both get back in there. <clears throat> well, now Triple H looking for a way to get out. And again, Rock- Triple H trying to climb out. The Rock spots this and drags him back in again. The Rock does look really fatigued in there, though, and Triple H might have the advantage. As The Rock gets kicked down, but again, trying to make his way back up as the game is near enough over the top. But The Rock grabbing hold of him and just hanging Triple H by his head and pulling him back in by his hair. So close for Triple H yet so far. And our both men up on top of the cage, perched there, trading blows. And The Rock might be having the advantage here, but oh... A thumb to the eye and bouncing the rock's head off the top of the cage slows his momentum. And he's asking China to get a chair. Oh, my God. And the rock's in serious trouble now. Oh, fuck. Unprotected chair shot to the head. Knocks the rock out and he's perched in a very, very bad position. And Triple H. (laughs) On his way back in in his haste, crutches himself over the top rope. And now his foot's stuck. (laughs) Have they said the foot stuck's meant to happen? But it was serious trouble. That looked good though. <clears throat> All the Rock needs to do is just put his weight over to his right hand side a bit more and he's won this match. Yeah, but he's going to fall at least 15 feet. At least 20 foot, but it's worth it. For- and the Rock is waking up and the door's open for Triple H as well. He's got his shoulders out. And the Rock now making his way down. And the Rock wins by seconds. Well, The Rock doesn't want anybody's help and China couldn't stop him. But I think a really good cage match between The Rock and Triple H. Absolutely brilliant as well, you know. It's uh, full of suspense. And oh, just as The Rock was trying to make his way up to his feet, Mr. Ass comes in and hits the Famouser on The Rock. As Billy Gunn bounces The Rock's head off the steel stairs. And now Triple H and The Rock turns... uh, Triple H and Billy Gunn turning their attentions to The Rock. Let's hope this is not what the new DX looks like. Well, will someone come in for the save? Oh, the Rock just getting picked apart. The Rock doesn't have many friends at the moment. And it's a statement sent, even though they lost, by Triple H, Billy Gunn and China. But not a bad Raw, I think. It's always entertaining, do you know what I mean? Like, there's always that piques your interest. And let's hope the next one does as well. It's episode 320, and it's July 12th. Well, we're at the Freedom Hall in Louisville, Kentucky. There's an attendance of 14,573. Your commentators are good old JR and Jerry the King Lawler. Well, we get the opening sequence. And here's Austin to open things up with his contract in his with a contract in his pocket. His attorneys, Austin shouldn't have attorneys, have drawn up a contract for a first blood match at fully loaded, so Vince can come out here and sign it. And here's Vince in a wheelchair after having been been in a car wreck on the fourth of July. As you might expect, WWE doesn't explain why he was fined last week on the 5th of July. Vince is hesitant to sign as he needs to pull something, pull out his glasses first. There's something fishy here though, so Austin has to sign it first. Well, that's fine with Austin. 
and he wants back a certain piece of property, the smoking skull belt. Vince doesn't seem to know what to do, so violence is threatened by Austin, and he just wants Vince to sign a contract. And that's all Austin has to say about that. Well, wait a minute, the light's gone out in... It's Kane's music! It's Kane! It's Kane! It's Kane! Well, what is the big red machine doing out here? And it's meant to be Austin and Vincent Mann's contract signing. Austin, Austin asking Vince, did you pay Kane? And Austin's taking Vincent Mann in the wheelchair. Oh! oh the Undertaker comes out from behind. Clocks Austin with the title. Well, the Undertaker must have come through the crowd in the darkness. And now he's got the attack of Austin. I think Austin is busted wide open now. Well, we saw on Raw last week when Undertaker lost the WWF Championship. He had the last laugh by making Austin bleed. And he's doing it again now. And he's cracked Austin open with the smoking skull belt, nonetheless. Cracking Austin and Vince McMahon shouting instructions. And McMahon looking on. Austin is busted wide open. And McMahon's eyes light up. And he wants him to fill the pen with Austin's blood. Is he that... is a sick, sadistic Vince McMahon. Is that why he didn't want to sign a contract yet? Because he wanted to do it in Austin's blood. That is just next level stuff. And Vincent Mann's probably the sickest individual going as he signs the contract in Austin's blood. Well, it is fully loaded and it will be end of an era. Will it be the last time you see Vincent Mann? Or will it be the last time you see Stone Cold? And if that ramp's got anything to do with it, McMahon won't be able to get out. Push me up that slot, hey, damn it! The Undertaker's just left him there. <laughs> Here comes Shane. Hey. My God, what a way to start Monday Night Raw, eh? But our first match is Edge versus Gangrel. Well, Gangrel gets two. Two. Off of DDT and we hit the chin lock. That doesn't last long as Gangrel goes up top, so Edge catches him with a neck breaker back down. A spear connects for no cover as Gangrel heads up the ramp where the circle of fire is still on the stage. Gangrel actually wins the slag out and knocks Edge through the hole, and that's the match. I mean, this was actually a perfectly fine little match until the lame ending. My guess is that this is going to set up some bad gimmick match involving fire and blood, but it's a good sign that they've figured out how to push Edge as a star of the team. The fans have taken to him, and it's a smart move to break up the trio. It's guaranteed to work. Well, Austin tells the doctor to get him fixed up because he has violence to tend to tonight. Well, Jesse Ventura will be at SummerSlam. Yes! DX music plays, but we cut to the back where Road Dog and X-Pac tar and feather the fink for turning them into the cops last week. X-Pac talks about Billy Gunn and China wanting the rights of DX so they can come and try to take it at fully loaded. Road Dog isn't happy either, but he's Kane! And he's actually here this time to cut them off. X-Pac gets straight to the point and wants to know what Kane's deal is. Well, he's letting the Undertaker manipulate him again, and if Kane is having anything to do with the Undertaker, X-Pac is oot. Q Triple H, China and Billy Gunn to beat them down, drawing in the Undertaker for the save. Undertaker gets in Kane's face and says he'd never ask his brother to change. X-Pac isn't sure what to think as Undertaker leaves. Kane walks halfway to the Undertaker but stops without making his intention. For this era, that's putting the brakes on for a change and taking the... Our next match is Godfather Val Venus versus Hardy Boys. Well, Godfather and Venus are challenging after costing the Hardys a match last night on Heat. Before the match, Venus says he's like Mick Foley. Hard to beat and never wanting to stay down. Val gets driven into the corner to start and Jeff takes his shirt off for his own hip swivelling. An atomic drop gets Val out of travel, trouble... And it's off to Godfather for a Death Valley driver into the money shot. 
joining Michael Hayes with a belt shot to the back for the DQ. Well, the Hardys pose on the ramp and get jumped by the Acolytes with Venus and Godfather making a save for no logical reason. Well, Triple H, China and Gunn say they're the real DX and they own everything associated with the team. A six-person tag is set up for tonight. We get a Tory video featuring her naked on the bed with words like passion written on her. Okay, then. I'm up for that. And here are Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T and Deborah for a chat. Jeff wants more respect from the fans or Deborah and the puppies are staying in his doghouse. This brings out Austin with a huge bandage wrapped around his head for a stunner to get rid of Jeff. Jeff. Austin wants Undertaker tonight with no rules and no referee with anything going. Instead he gets the big show who says if Austin wants the Undertaker, he'll have to face Kane as well. Since that's the case, show might as well team up with Austin to fight the monster. Austin seems cool with the idea and goes to leave, so Jarrett gets back up only to take another stunner. <laughs> and our next match is Triple H, China and Billy Gunn versus Rodog, X Puck and Kane. Actually, hang on, there's no Kane. Triple H offers to let them walk out now if they give up the rights to DX, but X Pac isn't going there. Instead, here's a replacement. It's The Rock! Oh my god! I mean, why is The Rock coming out here to go against Triple H? And Billy Gunn. And China. And here we go. Rock going straight for the game. And X-Pug Billy Gunn fighting Road Dog and China. And what a huge reception he got as well. Is this the nation of degeneration? <laughs> and The Rock smelling it in the air, the electricity. Irish whips Triple H to the corner. Clotheslines him down. Is this a better replacement than Kane? I think it is. I mean, Kane has been scheduled four times, only showed up once tonight, so his head is in different places, and The Rock gets a bit of retribution for what happened last week in the main event. Well, after beating Triple H. After Billy... beaten down. Yeah, beaten down, and a big knee by Triple H there. And he's taking control of The Rock, and like I said, these two men know each other so well. And again, a huge Rocky chant throughout the crowd, but that can't help him as the game beats him down. But, the Rock, uh, but Triple H distracted by the referee, and that allows The Rock to come back. Irish whip reversed by Triple H, but he drops his head and the rock hits a lovely swinging net breaker. That brings Billy. in Mr. Ass. Oh. Well, Road Dog made things worse then by distracting the referee, and China went low on the rock. A rule of DX in cahoots, though. Was that a, a purposeful distraction? Well, it's the thing we didn't really see the proper, you know, Triple H did turn his back, but uh, the, the dissolvement of DX, Road Dog and X Pac have been carrying in it. And the New Age Outlaws are obviously on uh, different teams. And now the Rock and Triple H ringside. Triple H picks the Rock up and bounces him head first off the steel steps. But like I said, just the competition between the two. Both men did want to be the kind of best as well. And you can see it when they fight. The intensity of it. And it shows China's ahead of her time by so many years. You look at the treatment of women at the moment. And she's in this match and, and no one's been questioning it. Because she, you know, can hang with them basically. There's Billy Gunn's in there now with a rock, just wearing him down. Billy Gunn, Irish whip, and a rock in the corner. And here he comes now. Splash, but the rock moves. But he hits nothing but turnbuckle and walks into a DDT. Rock goes for the cover, but Triple H stopping the count. And again, taking the opportunity to beat down the rock some more. Now just choking away. And now Triple H just on the assault here with a shoulder barge in the corner. Irish whip now and into a sleeper by Triple H. Rock desperate to get to the corner to tag in either X-Pac or Road Dog. And again, you know, going back a year or so, and it would have been all five five of these guys kind of beating down on the Rock, but you know how times change. 
Without a doubt, let's say that I think Raw does well, that Nitro doesn't as well with the kind of the move with the times, didn't they? As the Rock now going to sleep, the hand goes down twice. Will it go down a third? No. Back to his feet now, responding with the right hand. Well, the Rock managing to recover, hits a lovely Samoan drop on Triple H. And both men are down, both men desperate to get a tag into their partners. And the Rock's been in since the get-go, he'll be looking to get a tag. Well, Triple H gets his tag to Billy. And the Rock tags in Road Dog. Oh, and Road Dog trying to give a meeting of the minds, but gets stopped. Ducks a double clothesline attempt, and he's hitting a bit of double shake, rattle, and uh, roll. <laughs> but a final blow lands on China's head, and then Road Dog takes down both Mr. Ass and Triple H, as he does a bit of a doggy-style pump handle slam into the cover. One, two, but no, China breaking it up. Man, the Road Dog's got no problems with hitting China. Well, I think they see her as one of the guys, to be fair. Well, that she's in the, the King of the Ring as well. And X-Pac now, the Bronco Buster to Billy. Takes down Triple H. X-Factor to Mr. Ass. One, two, no, Triple H to break it up. And Road Dog in to kind of cut Triple H off. Tag to The Rock, who places Billy Gunn in position for the people's elbow. As all hell's broke loose on the outside and everyone's just battling everyone. Bang. One, two... Free. And The Rock gets the victory in an excellent six-man tag team match. You talk about how you do it. I think that is it, you know. A really, really enjoyable. All of them had a spring in their step. Absolutely, yeah. You know, all of them had a point to prove here. I really enjoyed it. What were your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, it was uh, It was a fun and entertaining match. And again, you know, The Rock and Triple H, they're, they're good leaders of their, you know, their, their little teams. And it's absolutely brilliant. Without a doubt. Well, up <laughs> backstage, Droz is ready for an evening gown match, but first he has to wax his bikini line. Of course, you don't want any stray uh, stragglies poking out there. And the Undertaker is talking to Kane in the back, and uh, I bet that's one hell of a conversation. And now it's Droz versus Al Snow. It's non-title and an evening gown match, because that's funny. Actually, hang on. As Snow wants this to be a hardcore evening gown match... How an evening gown match has DQs and countouts in the first place isn't clear, but neither is the sanity in this whole thing. Droz hits him in the head with some piece of metal and it's already time for the table. The powder to the face gets snow out of trouble and there's a breast lock. I'll let you figure that one out as snow finds tongs. One to grab Droz is enough for snow to strip him for the win. I think this speaks for itself. Post-match, Snow caves his head in with a chair shot and then puts Droz through the table. We're not done yet, though, as Prince Albert comes out with a hammer and drives a railroad spike into head. Interesting, interesting. Well, earlier today, a very country-sounding doctor tells Mark Henry that his blood pressure is 190 over 120. That's completely healthy, isn't it? Because that's what I, uh, I tested myself when I was that. That's fine, isn't it, Dan? Uh, well, here are the acolytes who are scheduled to face Henry and Dilo Brown. Henry and Brown cowards. They want replacements for a fight right now. And here's Hardcore Holly. He said he's a big shot as the fans tell him to kiss and make love. Holly slaps Bradshaw and a beatdown is on. The acolytes destroy him with ease until Holly kicks the steps into Fruit's face. Cue the big show for a save and to carry Holly to the back, even though Holly says he had them. <laughs> That's a bit of a weird team, team though, isn't it? Big show and Hardcore Holly, but... Hey, well, on GTV, Joe Stephanie McMahon but gets shut down. And that will piss off Test. Test. This is Test who goes against the Mean Street Posse. Yes, it's a gauntlet match, and Test beats him up before the bell and drops an elbow on Pete Gas for the pin. 
in what I presume is a hurry. Gas gets in a low blow before he leaves, so Rodney comes in and gets powerbombed. The big boot and pump handle slam finish Rodney, so Joey is the last man in. Some shots in the corner are shrugged off as Tess hits a power slam, drawing in Shane for the brawl. Now it's Steve Blackman coming to the ring. So Shane is getting involved in his sister's business, and he thinks it's a good idea to go after uh, Tess, I suppose, but he needs the help of Steve Blackman. I'd just like to point out that Test, uh, sorry, Shane was doing the spear. He just hit one on Test long before Roman Reigns came <laughs> onto the scene. Before Roman was even leaky. Well, lethal weapon Steve Blackman's the hired gun for the McMahon's. He took out Ken Sharrock, their biggest threat. And now Shane's got his help to try and take out Test. And Blackman coming in there and he's got a few dangerous kicks and punches and an Irish whip and a lovely pump kick to the face. Drops Test to the mat. But here's Ken Shamrock hey. with a huge kick to the head of Blackman. Well, Shamrock was a bit of revenge and the deranged Shamrock is probably the best there is. I do like Shamrock because he doesn't even let the ring ropes hold him back. I mean, you know, normally when someone escapes the ring, there's kind of a force field goes up, stops you exiting the ring. But not Shamrock, he just goes straight through it and he's straight on the attack. But we've got the Mean Street Posse and Shane beating Tess down and they look like they're going to trap his ankle in a steel chair. Uh-oh, and now he's going to be in serious trouble. And, oh, Shane elbowing the officials out the way. And, oh, my God. They're just stomping on the chair that's over Test's ankle. And the referees now, officials get beaten down. And here's Stephanie in. Oh, and here comes Stephanie now. Shane, oh! He just dropped his little sister with an elbow to the side of the head. Well, Shane didn't know his sister was behind him. And this is what you've done now, Shane. Not only maybe snapped the ankle. And this is just, this is bad, and Mean Street Posse helping Stephanie out. Oh, James, come on, like you haven't carried a limp, lifeless woman's body away to your own sanctuary. Well, yeah, especially my own sisters, so, you know, <laughs> and Shane, I know exactly how Shane feels right now, it must be terrible, and, well. uh, but no, but the thing is, card story, but it, it has a bit of meaning, because it's, it's just like Test asking Stephanie on a date, and it's coming to this at the moment, you know, and I, I think that's what is one of the attributes of the attitude. Absolutely, yeah. Well, The Undertaker says he and Kane are together again because blood is thicker than water. Speaking of busting Austin open and might even drink from the cut, Kane says Kane had his back to the camera and never said a thing. Well, in something I've been waiting on, the countdown to the Millennium Clock appears. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a big deal, but if you're not familiar with it, but... What well, does anyone not know what this is? And here's the Millennium Clock. <laughs> 671 hours. 9 minutes and 48, 47, 46, 45, 44. So I wonder what that's counting down to. Uh, again, another interesting thing they do on Raw that makes it so good in 1999. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it is a brilliant build-up for... If you know, then you know. Exactly. But what a main event this should be. So the Undertaker and Kane, the Brothers of Destruction, back together to take on Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Big Show. I mean, come on. You can see why I became a huge wrestling fan, especially when they're delivering this week in, week out. So the Big Show has teamed up with Undertaker. The Big Show's teamed up with Kane, and now he's teaming up with Austin. <laughs> yeah. Austin's teamed up with the Undertaker before, I believe. Yes, he has. And Kane. Yeah, he must have done. And now Big Show. Fucking hell, this is like a whore's tag team. Well, let's not forget Austin was busted wide open by the Undertaker early tonight. And he's seeking revenge. Well, it's the big show. Oh, yeah. 
Hey boy. Hey boy. <laughs> hey boy. Let's... It is the world's largest athlete making his way to the ring, and he does look rather svelte. Yeah, let's not forget that he got busted wide open by Kane, and Kane has got a wrench, and he's going after the big show. And, and again, Austin hasn't made his uh, entrance yet, and you can guarantee a huge pop that happens when Austin finally makes his way down to ringside. Well, the Undertaker's coming out to help his brother beat up the big show. And I bet the Austin's back there. Austin's back there like, wait. Yeah, just, just wait. wait. Just wait. They want me. Here we go. Well, the fans were chanting his name. The glass shatters. When you hear the glass, that means it's your ass. As Austin comes out, the Undertaker there to meet him on the stage. And Austin's head is bandaged up. But that's not going to stop the rattlesnake. He's never one to shy away from a battle. Well, the Undertaker and Austin will face in the first blood match. But I wouldn't bet against someone getting busted open here tonight as Austin and Undertaker fighting up to the stage now. And a big shot by Taker retakes control. And again, Undertaker wanting some blood from Austin and he's going to drink it this time. But if we could, even Kane, the way he just walked up the ramp, he had a look on his face even though he's wearing a mask and he was going to take out Big Show. Kane, Kane's a cool dude and Austin now is trying to get Undertaker off the stage. And there are three absolute monsters in there, but the one I'd be more scared of would be Austin, in my <laughs> opinion. Well, Big Show came for the announce table. And Undertaker kicking Austin off the side of the stage. Oh, my God. He must have fell at least 10 feet there. At least 25 foot. <laughs> oh, my God. As he punches Austin over a barricade. As we cut back to Big Show, Irish ripping Kane into some steps and then immediately cut back to Austin and Undertaker. And Stone Cold's on a bit of a fight back now. He's looking to pile drive Undertaker on the outside, but Undertaker with a backdrop, regaining control. Oh my god, it's all over every implement the other can find. <laughs> As the Big Show just picks up Kane with such ease and drops him over barricade. Well, these four men haven't been in the ring yet, but Undertaker's choking Austin. Oh, well, that'll help you fight back a bit as Austin just punches Undertaker. It is uh, Tombstones, and then chokes him out with a cable, giving Undertaker a taste of his own medicine as he falls on top of him. Austin has lost a lot of blood here tonight. But he doesn't want to lose this match. We haven't even started the match yet. <laughs> and he sends Undertaker into the stairs. He's got a far away look in his eyes. Kane choking out a big show with his foot on the outside. Austin and Undertaker in the ring. Fez press from Austin, and a piston-like right hand to the head of Undertaker to drop the elbow. Austin means business. Looks like he's trying to undo that turnbuckle. Undertaker trying to stop him, but Austin again with a second low blow and a huge right knocks him down. It might not be pretty, but it's definitely effective. Okay, and effectiveness of Big Show dropping the steel steps to the back of Kane. I think Austin's given up on that idea of taking a turnbuckle cover off. Just straight right hands by Austin. Kane makes his way into the ring as Undertaker and Austin leave it. And the Big Show pursues him into it. Well, I'm not going to say Earl Hebner's lost complete control of this match, but... I don't even think he had control to lose control. <laughs> it started over a bang and it continues. Who am I to complain, though? It's fun. The Kane trying to fight back against the Big Show in the ring. He's grasped the world's largest athlete by the throat. No, he can't choke slam him, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but the Big Show trying to counter it. Breaks Kane's grip and choke slam to the Big Red Machine. But I think that's taken it all out of Big Show. Big Show going to go for the cover, but the Undertaker... I don't even think the match has started to warrant a cover yet, has it? Well, Big Show tried, bless him. 
Well, they think they're illegal men. Big Show turns his attention to The Undertaker to stop the beatdown on Austin. Austin's saying to Big Show, hey, I'll show you how it's done. Yeah, kid. You gotta kick him by the gut. Fuck him, <laughs> fuck him. You gotta stomp him like a mud on walk it dry. Goddamn, kid. Austin's got Undertaker strewn against the ropes. Uh-oh, he's got sent... Undertaker's got sent into Big Show, but Kane... Kane with the wrench. He's just dropped the Big Show. I don't think Austin realises yet. Oh, I think the back of his head bounced off. Austin got hung up when his head bounced like a basketball. Now the brothers of destruction are teaming up on the bionic redneck. Kane's choking out Austin with his foot and the Undertaker's just pulling more pressure onto it. Well, I never thought Kane would get back with the Undertaker after everything that happened last year. And Austin now dodges the clothesline. Looking for a stunner but gets pushed into Kane who grabs Austin by the throat. Choke slam. No. Big Show's still out after no. being knocked out. Well, these two guys in serious trouble. Kane going for a cover. Big Show recovers and just drags Kane off him. He's alive. Austin's bandage has come off his head. Fucking hell, he's bald. <laughs> it's like Hogan. What? I've already just had hair. Uh, and Austin's sent to the outside. Carl, we've discovered Hogan has just got a really short mullet on top and long at the back. And the Untaker's hair is not dyed, we, we know. Or neither is fucking Kane's. Yeah. Kane hasn't got hair. <laughs> Kane hasn't got a face. Big Show hasn't got hair anymore. Kane's completely fine underneath that. He's just don't wash. And he's a mayor. And he un- one of these four guys <laughs> is, goes on to become mayor. Guess which one it is. But Austin's a sheriff. He's always been my sheriff. Okay, well that's uh, your weird kinky sex games, I suppose. I said a bit about sex and Austin there, and then he got his head caved in by a steel chair. I'm sure there's something in there with Sheriff and Sheriff's badge and you'd lick Austin's rusty shit like that. You had to bring that up, didn't you? And Austin now taking out the Untaker, going after Kane. Austin and Big Show actually look like a tag team in their back <laughs> trunks. And the Big Show nowadays has got a shaven head. But I don't think he'll get away wearing those, just those trunks. I think you need a singlet to keep everything in. When he puts on a bit more timber, I suppose he probably does go. And Austin's busted open again. Well, I suppose not again, but busted open from the same gash that he had from before. Big Show eliminates Undertaker from the Royal Rumble. Kane eliminates the Big Show. And then Austin stunners Kane into the pin. One, two, three. Wow. And Austin and Big Show get the victory in this I can't really call it a match because it was just a fucking free-for-all. I fucking loved it. I mean, Austin busted wide open, gets a victory on Kine, and I just thought it was really, really funny, you know, and Austin, and I just really enjoyed it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. It was an absolute, like, free-for-all clusterfuck, but it was enjoyable, and it told an absolute brilliant story. The Untaker wants Stone Cold's blood, and he was looking to get it at fully loaded, but we've got one episode of Raw left. Before we get there, and it's episode 321, July 19th. And we're at the Rap Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. There's an attendance of 12,939. And your commentators are good old JR and Kevin the King Kelly. No, that doesn't sound right. Kevin Kelly. <coughs> Worth it. Just crush your big son of a bitch. Get that bit down your throat. We open with a recap of Steve Austin agreeing to some special stipulations in his match with Undertaker on Sunday. If Austin wins... Vince McMahon is gone forever. But if Undertaker wins, Undertaker gets the title and Austin is never allowed to challenge for the title again. It's an end of an era. 
and we get the opening sequence. And here's the corporate ministry with Vince in a wheelchair to open things up. Vince says this is an historic night because it's the last night Austin will ever be here as WWE's champion. The stakes have never been higher, and in reality, it's the Undertaker's crew on the line this Sunday. The Undertaker isn't cool with that because no one threatens him. He's fine with opening Austin up on Sunday, but it's personal and not business. Well, Vince says he signs Undertaker's cheque and made him who he is today. That's even less cool with Undertaker. So Triple H intervenes to start another argument. Triple H knows that Vince made him ace, so give him a chance to pay the boss back. Vince isn't sure if he can trust Undertaker tonight, so it's Undertaker versus Triple H, with the winner facing Austin for the title on Sunday. The loser gets to face The Rock in the strap match. Cue Austin, and he's driving a blood bank truck. If Undertaker wants blood, Austin has brought him a whole truck full. Tonight, Undertaker is getting locked inside, and Vince can make a donation to the blood bank. Jesus Christ, son. Did he borrow that? Blood bank truck off of Gangrel. Yeah. Blood bank truck is it's not... the one that Gangrel uses to finish <laughs> yeah, it up every match. Around, yeah. Well, post-break, Vince is worried, but Triple H says, It's cool! Uh, if Vince takes care of him, Triple H... And our first match is Road Dog versus China. And it is a dog pound match, which means dog collar, because my mate on Twitter, Vince Russo, I don't know if I've mentioned that before, needs to change the name of one of the most obvious gimmicks ever. China won't put it on, even though Dog, her, she and Triple H liked something like it last night. So, Dog punches her down, drawing in Billy Gun to hang Dog. X-Pac comes out for the save and threatens them with a chain. The bell never rang, so no match, I guess. Well, the boss is panicked when someone knocks on Vince's door, but it's the Mean Street Posse. Well, post-break, and here are Shane and the Mean Street Posse for a chat. Shane wants to apologise to Stephanie because it's the right thing to do. After telling Test, Test, that is Test, that it'll be okay, here she is in the arena. Shane makes it clear that he didn't hit Stephanie on purpose and it was really Test's fault because he let everything go. He's been working to make things better though and Joey Abs is willing to take Stephanie back so it can be like it was supposed to. Stephanie says they went out once, but it was a nightmare, like dating Dan. Joey says he knows Stephanie blew it for the first time with him, but he's willing to take her back. That ends with a slap, and Stephanie storms off. Shane promises to do things Mean Street style. Like James. Rock signs an autograph. Okay, then. And then we see a press conference announcing that Jesse the Body Ventura will be at SummerSlam. Yes! And it is the tag team titles on the line. It's Val Venus and the Godfather. Versus the Acolytes, versus the Hardy Boys, versus Prince Albert and Droz. Well, the Hardys are defending, and this is elimination rules. So Val hits a spine buster, so Bradshaw tags Jeff, and then hits him in the back. Godfather's big leg drop gets two, two. on Jeff, and it's off to Bradshaw, who gets hit in the head of Kane for the pin. That leaves us with Venus and the Godfather versus the Hardys, and Godfather hits the hoe train on Matt. Pimp drop, Death Valley driver... But Jeff Hurricane Ryan has fouled down, awakening Matt for the fast pin. So before the Acolytes get their regular title shot on Sunday, we had a four-way elimination match for the titles on Monday. Is that really the best choice of booking? And to have the Acolytes get eliminated in the middle of the team, they're not facing the title match. This is one of the screwiest booking decisions I've seen in a long time, or maybe just since the start of the show. Well, Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, tells Deborah not to say anything tonight. 
Well, GTV shows us actor Ben Stiller and his friends talking about the show. It's a plug for the upcoming Mystery Men movie, but Stiller would rather check out Deborah's puppies. This includes burying his face in them, though they can see the camera and aren't happy. Well, Lawler is on commentary now, and just in time. Yep, it's in a little title match, and it's Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E, double T versus Christian. At last, he's on his own. Well, Jeff is defending and has Deborah with him. Before the match, Jeff tells Austin to stay away from him and the belt, or Austin will be turned into a pair of boots. Christian wastes no time in getting two, two. off a powerbomb, and the reverse DDT is good for the same. A high crossbody draws Deborah to the apron as Christian hits the yet-to-be-named Kilch. That means a very delayed two. Two. So Jeff goes outside for the guitar. Christian takes it away, but the referee takes it away as well, setting up the also-yet-to-be-named stroke for the pin to retain Jeff's title. Well, it was energetic while it lasted. Well, post-match lights go out and Jarrett gets a bloodbath. Edge comes out and brawls with Jarrett. Well, Triple H sends China to the ring with Billy Gunn and offers to take care of Vince. China chairs him down to break up the people's elbow, though, and the Famouser gives Gunn the pin. I think they could have done more with Billy Gunn, actually. I think if you look at his performances uh, and what he did in, in 99, I think he might have been a main event level talent as opposed to kind of what happened to him with the feud with The Rock. But at least he's got a big victory here tonight, you know? I'm sorry. I don't remember asking for your opinion. Exactly. Don't. Yeah, don't. Well, don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, just don't. Well, Gunn beating Rock at any time never felt right and continues to show how Rock wasn't up to Austin's level while he was still around. Well, Triple H and Vince chat a bit more. And it is the Big Bossman versus Al Snow. Well, Snow's hardcore title isn't on the line here, but he's still insane after the spike was put through head. Bossman stands in the ring as Snow throws in a bunch of chairs. He throws in a prosthetic leg for a bonus and demands that Bossman hit him. Bossman just does that, knocking Snow out cold with a nightstick for the DQ. When a hardcore matchup. Well, as a bonus, Bossman cuffs him to the top rope for more stick shots. Snow looks elated and Bossman is just confused. I'll sign up on Bossman's side. And our next match is Edge and D'Lo Brown and Gangrel. Well, Brown is challenging Midian for the European title on Sunday, in case this feels very random. It's a brawl to start with Edge punching Midian onto the floor as Brown takes over on Gangrel inside. Things settle down to Edge and Midian crawling around the mat until Edge takes over with an armbar. Edge slips out of a slam and takes Midian down, allowing a tag off to Brown. Everything breaks down and it's a sky high into the de- into the lowdown to finish Midian. Well, Vince's office because he wants some water near the door. He'll let us know when he's coming for Vince's blood. And it is test. Test, this is Test, going against Steve Blackman. Well, Blackman is a hired gun to take Test out. Speaking of Test going out, he heads outside to start beating Blackman up before the bell, but Hard Shoulder takes him down back inside. Test slugs off the half-crab, but walks into a spine buster to put him right back down. The bicycle kick misses low, and Test hits a gut-wrench powerbomb. It's still power slam, but here are Shane and the posse for the DQ. Well, Ken Shamrock makes the save... And if you didn't think he could get any more dangerous, he does it with a baseball bat and stares black man down before their fight on Sunday. And then we get a countdown to the millennium clock again. I wonder who it could be. Who? Well, black man left during the break. This has been vital information. Thanks for letting me know. And our next match is Big Show Holly versus X-Pac and Kane. The turn up to X-Pac's last match. Right. Well, X-Pac tells Kane to leave but has to settle for Kane fighting show on the floor. That leaves Holly to hit the full Canaro and go outside after Kane. 
Q Undertaker to Chokeslam X-Pac for not a DQ, even though the referee was in the ring and telling Undertaker not to do it. Undertaker grabs the steps to take out both Holly and Show, as we'll go with the no contest because disqualification just don't exist around here. Well, post-match, I guess, Kane goes back to the ring to help X-Pac up, but the Undertaker tells him it's over. Kane sees a replay of Undertaker attacking X-Pac, and that means a chokeslam to Undertaker. So is that a face turn or a heel unturn? And why is this so complicated? Undertaker isn't happy at Kane, and X-Pac and him leave together. Confusing match? Well, it is time for the main event, and it is Triple H versus The Undertaker. And this is a, a match for Vince McMahon's honour, and the winner gets to go on to face Austin for the title, and the loser faces The Rock in a chain match. It is an end of an era. This Sunday for Vincent Mann, he's putting it all on the line. And is this corporate ministry ending now with the two guys probably going at it? And here we go, Triple H with the right hands to start, going right after The Undertaker. And the fight is on. The Undertaker comes out with a huge clothesline. So is this the implosion of the corporate ministry? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I think it's slowly coming to the end. Vince saying he's got control. But whatever happens is fully loaded. If he's not around, then the corporate ministry surely... Don't call me Shirley. ...will not be... Two leaders are going at it now. Triple H is more interested in other things. His own success. The Undertaker's standing in his way at the moment. He's telling China to back off. As the dead man's getting upset with Vince McMahon as well, saying this is personal, not business. And China's in Vince McMahon's ear saying, look, you know, what's going on? Triple H is your guy, you know, but unfortunately the loser has to face The Rock in a strap match as well. And there's a blood bank truck near the entranceway and Austin has promised that he's going to get Vince McMahon's blood here tonight, so... I'm sure we'll see the rattlesnake again before this (laughs) night's over. As Vince sits there in his WWF-branded wheelchair... And a big Irish whip into the corner for Triple H. So oh. is Vince Kayfabe in a wheelchair then? Yeah, he's, he's, he's in real in his Yeah, he calls it as an accident, bless him. So he's actually in a wheelchair? Yeah. For real? For reals. I thought he'd just been lazy. Nah, nah. Because unfortunately it was taped last week's episode. And the accident actually happened before it was aired. And the Undertaker now just taken over from Triple H. Big clothesline. Huge slam from the Undertaker. Drops Triple H to the mat. As he looks to drop the elbow, but Triple H moving out of the way. It looked like it annoyed the Undertaker more than anything else. As Triple H eliminates Undertaker from the Royal Rumble. But a dead man lands on his feet as China comes up from behind. Huge forearm to the head of Undertaker. Stopping him in his tracks. Kind of distracted him so Triple H can come from behind and elbow drop the back of the Undertaker's head. McMahon likes what he's seeing. With McMahon's head, they're both fighting for his honour. And now they're still fighting outside. No Hebner. Doesn't want to get in between these two men. But he does want to steal T-shirts. Chief re- referee. Well, they are a team. And the Undertaker hanging Triple H off on that top rope. Huge impact there now. He's coming back in. Triple H ducks a clothesline and hits his own jumping knee to regain control into the cover. But the Undertaker managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. And Austin now backstage. Grabs a cameraman. Wants him to follow him in this match. happening. The Undertaker catches Triple H. As he was coming off the top, arm chokeslam. And the Undertaker now pointing at Vince. Runs his thumb across his throat. Loads him up. But here's Austin. The referee's got a call for the bell. And Austin now beating up the Undertaker. He's got him in the corner. He's stomping the mud arm, walking it dry. And here comes The Rock. The take out. As The Rock eliminates Triple H from the Royal Rumble. Closely following him. 
As he sends him over barricade into the feet of the fans. Well, thanks to the DQ finish, it means Austin and Undertaker will face each other. And the Rock and Triple H, who have gone into the crowd now, fight each other. All that fully loaded and all. Uh, and the Undertaker now just working on Austin. Austin trying to fight back. And Vince is all alone in that wheelchair at the moment. I actually remember watching this Raw live as well, or on, on Sky at the time as well, if you know what I mean. No, honestly, I do. I thought the Austin was going to beat the Undertaker. <laughs> I thought he was very good. You wait, you wait, <laughs> you fucking wait. And now the near the, uh, the blood bank truck. The Central Kentucky Blood Centre. And Austin's head bumped into the, uh, well, bumper. And the take a choking Austin out with his own T-shirt. And Austin trying to fight back now, sending him to Barry Cade. He bounces Undertaker's head off Barry Cade. As Vince can do nothing but sit on and watch this destruction around him. Oh. Nice reflex by Undertaker. Huge uppercut from Undertaker. Up your what? Undertaker bouncing Austin's head off the side of the walls. And now he's going to pick him up. And he's going to look to try and send him into the truck. No, Austin with the backslide. Closes the door on the dead man. Locks it. Gives him the <laughs> one-fingered salute. And the Undertaker's stuck. And Vince is all alone because Plate went off with a rock. There is nowhere to go right now. And Austin has promised just one thing. And you said we'll see the rattlesnake again. Vince McMahon knowing his days are numbered, trying to slowly wheel himself out of there. But the rattlesnake locks eyes with the owner of the WWF. And Austin, Austin gets himself a nice cold one. <laughs> he can't drink and drive, Austin. He's taking Vince for a spin. <laughs> he just clocks him straight on the head. A big right hand and grabs the smoking skull belt. Lines up the owner of the WWF, kisses the belt, <laughs> and just bounces it off Vince McMahon's head. Austin salutes, and McMahon is bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and Austin adds insult to injury, taking Vince McMahon down again, out of his wheelchair, leaving him lying there in a pool of his own blood, as he calls for a couple of more cold beverages. And that's what makes Stone Cold so good, the fact that he said that he wanted... The, of Vince's blood and he got it here tonight he does exactly what he says his biggest threat now is going to be the Undertaker at fully loaded and if he loses that he won't be able to get the WF title anymore but tonight he can celebrate as Undertaker makes his way back to ringside oh Paul Bearer undone the lock on the van I don't think Austin realises the Undertaker smashes a beer into Austin's head I think Austin's more pissed off about the waste of beer than anything else oh my god and just like that Austin open again the Undertaker just gouges one of Austin's cans into his forehead. And the first blood match as well, an open wound. You're going to keep the wound fresh, Dan. You are indeed, yes. And what a way to build out a pay-per-view, you know what I mean? The first blood match, you've got Austin and McMahon there, bleeding with Undertaker staring over him. Absolutely, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> exactly, we get to watch. Oh my God, that's And Undertaker sick. done what he promised as well. He wanted to taste Austin's blood. A disgust on the face of all the fans in the crowd as well. Well, there's not many times someone gets one over on Austin, and the Undertaker has. But it's good because Austin's done what he promised. He was gonna. He promised to lock Undertaker in the back of the truck. Done it. Bust Vince McMahon open. Done it. Undertaker's done what he promised. He was gonna taste Austin's blood, and Vince he McMahon's lying down there in a pool of blood, but he's smiling inside but even McMahon has done it because like, he wanted to sign a contract and he's put it all on the line now and if yeah. Undertaker is this sadistic and fully loaded he will walk out as WF champion and McMahon's plan 
is guaranteed to work. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time to watch WWE fully loaded 1999. And we'll bring you one Nitro and one Raw for that. But next episode... The next episode is a WWE Network review for July. And we will have on there... Well, with NXT, we've got Io Shai versus Shania Baszler in a steel cage match. And in NXT UK, we've got Travis Banks versus Walter for the UK at the NXT UK title. So what a show that will be, and that will be next week. Like I say, we'll be back in 1999 in just a couple of weeks' time. But that's it. Follow us on Twitter, at WWE Network View, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Across all the Google platforms, send us an email at WNRpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram, the WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review Podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast where podcasts go up on YouTube at the same time we do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Spreaker Radio, where we do our live shows. Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that's not it. We've also got a webpage that's up and running. And James, I want us to hear how, uh, how confident you are. <laughs> Will it be ready? Will it fu- Will by it? SummerSlam? Um, what, this year's SummerSlam? Years um, SummerSlam. You promised know, me know. week after week after yeah, week that it'd be I know, ready. but we might, due to, I don't know yet, we'll see what happens. We might. Well, anyway, you can get all of our details on there our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our YouTube page. There. You can also send us an email via the page. It is the WNRpodcast.com. But that is it. And like I say, I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Replacement is a replacement. It's a replacement. Breakfast. It's Eugene. Oh my God. It's Goldberg. It's Gangrel. <laughs> it's the Boogeyman, and he's coming to get you. And you are uh, not uh, Shawn Michaels. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Do you smell the rock is cooking? <laughs>